What are we live doing? Chatting beers, drinking video games. Oi, that's a new tagline. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Tanked Up, the podcast about beers and video games. It's an astonishing episode 250. I'm one of your hosts, Ben, here with the lovely Lucy. Oh, thank you, Ben. Hello. Hello. And just to keep up the alliteration, the astounding Adel. Oh, how benevolent of you, Ben. Oh, <laughs> oh very good. <laughs> We've started excellently. And we'll continue excellently, because we'll open some beers first. Lucy, I'll mm. come to you to start. What are you gonna yeah. what are you gonna kick off with this week? We're gonna do, hopefully, three beers each. Because it's episode two hundred and fifty. It's a big episode. And rather than doing yeah. something special, we thought we'd just sit here and talk more at you. <laughs> Drink more. Yeah, I'm petitioning for us to call the episode just another episode because we didn't plan any like fireworks or whatever. Yep. Uh, oh, I did. Oh, oh sweet. Nice. Um, All right. right. Uh, just prop me up then. Blow up Lucy. Let's see the fireworks. <laughs> that's it. If I was Blow if I was much Lucy, better if I was much better at live editing. I could just bring her up as a big screen, just as they all go off in the background. Mm. But I'm not. So. I can right. show you how to do that on OBS. Oh, oh. Anyway, not right now. Lucy, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a beer from Whiplash. Oh, uh, lovely. It is called Honest Promise. It's pale ale and it's in collaboration with Honest Brew. Hence okay. its name, Honest Promise. Um, so I got this off the Honest Brew website. It was mm -hmm. fairly cheap. Um, nice. I'm just like, I love Whiplash, so it's there. Might as well add it to me basket. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there any flavour text? There isn't flavour text. There's no flavour text. There isn't usually on Whiplash, is there? No, I, I thought there might have been because it's a collaboration beer. And might, maybe it's on their website or something. Mm. Um, more detailed information, but it's 5%, 330ml can. Nice. The regular ingredients you'd expect. Can't see any information about which hops or malts they've used. So. Okay. Pale ale. Nice. Fair. Fair. Uh, Adol, what comes to you next? What are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking this beer from this place. Hmm. Good. Um, <laughs> I'm drinking the We Are All Stardust India Pale Ale from New Bristol Brewery. Yes. Nice. I really love the can. Yeah. I have to say, I've been in a sci-fi mood all um, week, and it was like, "Yerp, you got me, you got me." Mm. I trust you as well, um, but also I figured. Um, let's no, keep it's, it's very close. Around, it, around town. So um, new, sorry, new Lucy just said, "Is it looks like a pressure drop?" New Bristol did change their sort of. Um, their, uh, branding. When they went, to, yeah, they yeah. changed their branding when they went to canning. They didn't change their logo, but they changed. The, the, the can yeah, right, essentially, the but yes, yes, and they went very similarly to to pressure drop with that mm. that text at the bottom. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, so I thought I'd keep things close to home. Mm. I mean, most of the these two hundred fifty episodes have been. Actually, I think every episode has been partially recorded in Bristol. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, well, was it Birmingham? Maybe. Yeah, no, I said partially recorded. Oh yeah, no, we didn't. We definitely did. Did we ever publish our ramblings from the last time <laughs> we went to Birmingham? I don't think we did. Probably not. <laughs> that 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 messy thing that started okay, and then the night got away from everyone yeah. but Lucy. Oh, oh, disgust. Yeah, it wasn't 
Well, it still wasn't feeling great the next morning, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was feeling fine, but I didn't really sleep. I just balked. <laughs> you walked up all that beer. Yeah, I really did. Not all that beer via you. And then there was all the adrenaline of where's Ben, and it turns out in the car. <laughs> and, 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 and then and then you very graciously drove us back to Bristol because I was absolutely fucked. Oh, you you were in bad bad shape. I had a, a awkward but lovely breakfast with the Airbnb house. Um, but that is not what we're talking about now. Instead, we're talking about these five point one percent India Pale Ale by New Bristol Brewery called We Are All Stardust. Taste pineapple, juicy stardust. Hops Amarillo, brew one, and citra. Big juicy American hops give this beer its tropical stone fruit aromas, soft and pillowy in texture, a real smooth operator. Nice. Store cool, drink fresh. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna crack this while nice. Ben can tell us what he's drinking for the first. Well, not that we've uh, organized exceptionally well, but I am going to drink a whiplash as well. But I'm drinking Space what? Operator, which is an Idaho 7 IPA. Um, on the front they tell me it's also got Marisotta, Wheat Malt, Oat Malt, Carapils, and Idaho 7. It's got a lovely uh, sort of psychedelic space helmet, which, I mean, if you stare at it long enough, those colours look like they move. They definitely don't, but, you know, they could. Uh, it is an IPA, 6.8%. Um, it does just tell me what's it called? Space Operator and then on the back when they say you know uh, unfiltered, unpasteurized again they don't put flavor text as such they have the allergens in bold it says for allergens see ingredients in bold space beer and then tells you what the ingredients are why, why have they included just the just space beer the beer to have mm. in space I don't know. Don't you know what's in space beer, Ben? Everybody knows what's in space beer. <laughs> Moonwalk. Well, you were a exactly. You know I, space beer? But this is this is the thing. I've I've obviously tied it in well, Lucy. You're drinking whiplash as well. Adol, you've got a beer all about stardust, which is clearly in space beer. So, you know, yeah, we've done it. Good. That's the best thing link we've <laughs> ever had. Um, Lucy, we'll come back to you um, for the for the whiplash honest brew beer. Yeah. Looks like a pale ale, very light straw coloured. Um, Pulled a nice like, two finger white head, which has since dissipated. It smells beautiful. Um, getting all those citrusy, almost lemony kind of mm. aromas. Oh, yeah, that smells good. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty hazy. Can't really see much. And I didn't even like swirl the can round and get. Any probably about yeast at the bottom, but yeah, it's still really, really basically opaque. Yeah, it looks so. very yellow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, incredibly so. It's a bit lighter coming um, on the camera, but yeah, mm -hmm. it is very light. It's very straw coloured. Ooh, it smells like fresh spring morning. Ooh, lovely. Yeah, that's a great a description. Bit of in it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to take a picture of this one. But I can wait. Get snapping. Mm. Snapping for the tweets. Nice. I mean, it looks good. It sounds really good as well. Yeah, you're getting a lot of that flavour like right up front, mm. and then it's it, it slowly devolves into like, uh, without sounding disparaging, like a thin, watery texture. 
Okay. And then, which gives over to a bit of bitterness at the end, bit of pine, bit of bit, bitterness at the end. Yeah, it, but you know, this this could very easily. It doesn't feel like a five percent beer because it it does thin out mm. towards the end of the taste. It gives you punches, you know, firstly with that fruit, and then things just dissipate quite quickly after that. Yeah, but mm. you know, leaving over that uh, aftertaste of nice bit of pininess. But yeah, this could be like a table beer <laughs> mm. wow. it, it's that light in body even though it, it looks you know it's opaque it looks a bit thick but yeah yeah it's it's pretty light in body brilliant good Ooh. Ooh, a good start a very good start mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah whiplash just they're just so good absolutely yeah i'm yeah. jealous i'm yeah, jealous I mean... to you now just <laughs> hearing about the one whiplash it's like i wonder what that other one tastes like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it packs a lot of flavour without being too overwhelming, and mm. it's a really well-balanced beer. Good. It's good. Yeah, that, that's what you want from a pale ale. Brilliant. Mm. A good start. Nice. Yes. Uh, Adam, mm. we'll come to you then. So, the... We are all out of space... Fuck. Space dust? God damn it, I'm good at reading Stardust. I was so close. <laughs> Moon. I wasn't. Uh, we are all Stardust. Uh, is super opaque um mm. small amount of head uh got some tropical waft wafts on the pour um definitely getting some pineapple and i'd say like more passion fruit okay. pineapple passion fruit off the nose yeah and then an undertone of more of a bittering hop um off the nose still too it's actually more complex a nose than I gave it credit for, which is why I'm now smelling it a lot, even though I was already like, mm, I got my my nosing notes, nose notes. <laughs> yeah. Nose sensical terms. Um, right, I'm going to drink it now. That's probably a good idea. While you do that, I'm going to smell mine. I'm being, I'm being tempted too much. I always wait, but I'm just being tempted. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. So this is 5%, 5.1% IPA. It's, oh, sorry. The finish is kind of biscuity, which is why I suddenly said, oh, because I finally hit that point. I'm like, well, that wasn't quite what I was going to expect, and I really like it. Mm. Um, Nice. It's a little thicker than you'd think for 5.1%. Okay. um, on, On the initial, it's only when you, like, when it like the liquid's leaving like uh leaving your mouth you notice that it is it is as alcoholic it's just it's quite boisterous and there's this feeling of thickness that's coming off of just the the tech the layers of the taste yeah okay so it is actually thinner but you can't tell unless you're like looking at it figuratively speaking mm. Mm. you get the tropical pineapples much more understated much more of the passion fruit um a bit of a pininess um and in the middle of the two is uh peachiness okay um which uh i think the the tin said something about stone fruit aromas i actually didn't pick up on any stone fruit in the nose Mm -hmm. but in between that sort of 
much more passion fruit forward tropicalness again pretty understood it's not like a punch in your face tropicalness but like ah yes this is an ipa doing some tropical things and it's finishing a touch piney and dank um before this like lovely light biscuit note at the very end of the finish is this like low level peachiness which i actually think is there from the beginning it's just as the passion fruity tropicalness fades the peachiness is bridging us and then the pininess kind of is like hey I, i'm in charge now and so mm. it's doing, doing this really nice like i said bridge um mm. so this is one of those beers where you're like it's five percent i'm <laughs> i'm at the pub for a couple of hours god that sounds <laughs> dumb and strange but let's pretend let's pretend we're in the before times we shall do we? That. yes absolutely yeah uh I'm too cynical to think uh, pretending like we're in the mythical aftertimes means spending four hours at a pub. But um, this is one of those beers you could easily just be like, uh, yeah, like, I don't know this pub very well. This works. Uh, I'll have another couple of these. Um, it's not so like amazing that you're like, I will definitely have this all night. Uh, it's doing these things really well. And uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's a nice nuanced ipa that's not in your face but still doing all the ipa stuff mm -hmm, cool. um and at five percent you're like ah yeah i can smash back but also again the like the texture feeling thicker than it is means i'm not i'm not drinking it at the pace i would a session mm, okay which is why i think like this is like it's hitting that sweet spot in all kinds of ways where you're like i'm not here to just like focus on beers i'm here to have a good beer Mm -hmm. at my pace i might forget about it for a while i think this will be fine to forget about and still be pleasantly surprised and etc yeah nice nice uh, it leads very well into my beer uh, i feel similarly about it um a, a nice combination of what you've both said in the beer that i have um it's a little more orange uh the lucy again very oh, just yeah. thick just a solid yeah. block of color. It poured with <laughs> a little bit more head, a little bit foamy, but that dissipated quite quickly. The nose is very light. A little bit of maybe orange. Maybe. If you swirled that on somebody, you'd li literally give them whiplash. That's how thick and dense it is. <laughs> well, nicely when I drink it, it isn't that thick. <laughs> um, it's, it's got a lovely softness to it like all of these flavors are coming through but it's really really soft nothing is punching me in the face too much it's really really easy to drink and like adult's beer i could just let it sit for a little while it doesn't want me to constantly replenish that taste um it would be very easy for us to get caught up in whatever we're going to talk about first than me to just sit here with it and, and and nurse it a little bit which i probably won't because we all know how quickly i drink things but in the flavor you do get a little bit of orange maybe a little bit of pineapple as well mm. there's perhaps some other tropical fruit in there just giving it a bit of a boost because orange and pineapple they can feel a little bit weak when you get them in a beer as the kind of the main flavor but it's got that sweetness from those, that sweetness from the pineapple, a little bit of not quite, not quite tartness from an orange, but a, just a little, a slight zip, but a sort of an orangey citrusy sort of zip. But there's maybe a bit of mango or something in the background as well, kind of 
bringing both of those things together and giving a solid sort of tropical fruit base for the other two things to uh, to come out. And it's crazy. It's like it's ridiculously soft. It's so, so nice. Mmm. Mm. So I fucked up. Why? I may have just hit record 34 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be I, I was like, oh, I don't need to record for seven minutes. And they're like, oh, let's go. And it's like, cool, I'm recording. Ah, balls. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be. Wouldn't be a special tanked up episode if something didn't happen. Yeah. I mean that should be spliceable. It's only been X minutes. I mean, I just I just pull the audio from the video. Yeah, it's easy enough. Um, <sighs> cool. Sorry, Sam. Don't worry. Don't worry. They're the beers. <laughs> That's what we're going to drink for at least the next half an hour. Ten minutes. Mate, yeah, yeah. yeah man. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll talk about whatever we're going to be talking about this week. The gaming topics that we are going to broach. Uh, I think last week I kicked off, didn't I? Um, so I think it's Lucy's turn to start an episode. I was going to say, when <laughs> Try and keep it fair. Try and roll around everyone to, to start This is just to me. Something I'm making up right now, going forward. Lucy, would you like to, would you like to go... Uh, uh, it depends. Oh, okay. Do you not want to hear about more Hitman? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Hitman two or Hitman three? Both of them. Okay. I, I finished Hitman two. I think all in all, probably. I think I think the um, the clock on both of those because I started. You know, playing the last few levels of Hitman 2 mm -hmm. in Hitman 3 because I hadn't finished them when they originally came out. Um, yeah, the pro I think it's probably about what I think it was like 70 hours on Hitman 2 and about 40 hours on Hitman 3. Okay, uh, so that's a good over 100 hours that yep. I played Hitman 2 all in all, which pales in comparison. To Hitman Three, which I spent, Ooh. I think uh, it was over three hundred hours. So, <laughs> I mean, Hitman One, Hitman One. Okay, that's that's a lot of Hitman Three to get in in that space of time. <laughs> I've probably spent about ten hours on Hitman Three okay. so far. It, it's basically all I'm gonna play for the next few weeks. Um, mm -hmm. I just wrapped up the first level of Hitman Three, which is set in Dubai. Oh, it's the big tower one, right? Uh, it's the Mission Impossible. That, yeah. that, I mean, the whole series is just Mission Impossible, but yeah, specifically Mission Impossible for Ghost Protocol or whatever it's called. I, I really no like those films. I got no idea. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, they're good. Um, they're good popcorn mm. fare that isn't just trash and isn't just CGI filled because Tom Cruise is a madman and he does all those stunts himself. <laughs> <Tom Cruise. laughs> He's a madman. You're absolutely yes. right. He's nuts. Uh, fair play to him. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's it feels easy because it, it's probably just like you know, first level in the game. They're probably just easing new players into it. I imagine. Mm. Um, I say it's easy because it's like a lot of the it, it set up to do things. It's like oh, I need a crowbar. The crowbar's like literally in the room where you need to use it or something <laughs> like that. So. Um, everything's very conveniently placed, right. which is, you know, it's fine. Um, 
but yeah, it, it, really beautiful, um, like uh, just scenery and um, like grandiose spectacle, spectacle in that mm. level. Um, yeah, it's. It, I'm still early on. Um, there's not much changes from Hitman Two. Uh, th- there's um, some ray tracing. Th- yeah, there's really nice reflections. I'm playing on the One X. So I'm not playing on yes. PC, mm. uh, so I don't know what you know ray tracing would would look like on that game. But I can just imagine it's 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 got to be stunning. Yeah. Um, they do some really in- incredible things with tech over there, and usually the most of Scandinavian uh, developers. Like when you think of like uh, Remedy and everything like that, they're just mm. it's crazy. But um. Yeah, the new new additions that I've noticed is that uh, it's much more cinematic. Like in in you know just starting the game, it's just like okay, you're not just plopped in the level. It's like okay, I got to actually have to infiltrate this place at the start. Mm. Um, and you have this camera where so far I've used it in two different applications. I don't know how how fast that's going to be how much more they lean on it but um use the camera where it's like okay the guy in your ear he he can hack into these windows and you can open these windows if you zoom in on these Mm. really high tech uh electronic windows which sounds like a nightmare from a security point of view but um (laughs) sounds like a nightmare from an architectural point of view as well jesus christ (laughs) the specification on those would be absolutely nuts yeah and like taking a picture of a uh Felled target. Um, hmm. Is it is it the guy from the is it the bad guy from the or the guy that you were hunting yeah. from the second game? Because wasn't there a, in yeah. the second game there was a, a bit of a turn, wasn't there? Mate, in... I don't care about the story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Hitman, Hitman, I, I, murder simulator, yeah. not narrative, uh, you know, epic playthrough yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, I, I was gonna. After I finished two, I was like, "Oh, maybe I should look at a story recap of three because I don't know what's going on in these uh, cutscenes." And I thought, you know what? I don't care. So, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I could either watch uh, a five, ten-minute video on YouTube about what's happened in the story, or I could just murder some more people for yeah. ten minutes. So I'll, I'll do that. Old yeah. guy with a barcode on the back of his neck. You don't need to know much more. Very um, old guy I mean, now. Sort of hitman. Even the OG games were kind of like the story didn't matter. The story is ridiculous, and it's like he's a clone or something. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Um, yeah, he came in a multi pack. <laughs> he did. That's why he got back. I, I mean, yeah, several. There must be lots of multi packs if yeah. they're up to forty-seven by now. So yeah, there's only yeah, probably three in a pack. To be fair, the plot of Dark Angel, I imagine. You're just making that. You're just making that up. You're like, eh, that sounds reasonable. Clones. <laughs> I clones don't watch Dark Angel. This clone. I watch regular <laughs> Angel. No relation. The Buffy Angel. I didn't actually watch. I watched like three episodes. I watched. Yeah, I didn't watch much of that. It was. It was a bit rosy. I heard it got really good in the later seasons. But also now, I, Josh yeah. is even more of an asshole than we thought. So. Uh, I mean, I heard that. He, I don't really know much about him or what he's done. In you know, like, if if someone said prior to watching Buffy who made it, I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> Michelle Geller <laughs> and the gang, the Scoobies. I don't. 
no idea, but yeah, all the stuff that's come out of it, that's crappy, but I, I'm still enjoying going through those uh, episodes. To, to allow people the distance, I mean, and yes, there's questions about like, I mean, with streaming, it's kind of like, well, I'm paying for Netflix, and so kind of, what do I do? Like, I can watch this thing, and then some residuals will go to this person who sucks, but also other people. Um, I think there's ways to offset that, and you could, such that you can enjoy art. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, keeping and... keeping the conversation going, right? Holding people accountable for what they do and what they say is mm -hmm. is one of those things. You know, we're, we're seeing this a lot at the moment, aren't we? And I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, there are some video games that we have heard not just crunch culture, but the, the people who are making them are just complete tools. Um, and you can still you can still play those games, but it's having that awareness of how that may have influenced what you're experiencing and not taking, you know, uh, so many people really get into certain franchises or stories or connect with characters and this sort of thing. And it's being able to separate those things, being like, right, this is this is an actor who played a yeah. role, and I like this character, and I like them in different media and in comics or in games or in whatever they've, they've been pulled from. But this specific uh, showing of this character by this actor who I disagree with on certain things, I can just still enjoy it. I just yeah. then would yeah, say, I mean, this person's a tool. We we um we sort of touched on that a little on Geek Out Weekly with mm. the Toronto, um, mm -hmm. who uh, was saying not great things last summer before Mando season two came out, uh, and we didn't quite realize that, or because I wasn't aware until partway through the season. I actually I think on our season one recap was like I kind of really like her. She's doing a good character, etc. Mm. And I think it's important that I didn't change my mind about her ability to play that character. Yes. Um, and, and yes, I'm not discounting now. It's definitely the case that when you learn something about an actor or artist, et cetera, that when you view their work, knowing it's by them, it sometimes changes things because that's the wonder of subjectivity of art is it's, it has external influences. And so if you are if you are a person who's like, I can't watch Buffy every because I know Joss Whedon was an asshole and, a, you know, had a very toxic work environment as a misogynist, blah, blah, blah. That's fine right um i just think that like not everyone will have that connection immediately and it's we're like you said ben it's it, don't stop the conversation from happening but don't mm -hmm. condemn people for having a different point of view on either side of the fence it's really weird when people are like you cannot divorce like you should like you can always divorce the art from the artist and then there's people like no you can't ever and it's like what? someone's always Why? made that um like Compromise though, um, no matter what it is, absolutely, even if they don't know it or not. So, yes, humans suck balls. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 we, we, <laughs> we don't really have much choice in paying tax, but that tax goes on to fund, yeah, just don't make enough. Shit. Ben. Well, yeah, that's Just true. I could make enough. I could make less money, I suppose. Yes, I'm but, getting paid tomorrow, so tax is a very sore issue for me. So please do not yeah. mention it. Oh shit! <laughs> I got to pay my tax. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> good reminder. Something to do tomorrow. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Hitman Three. Hitman Three. Yeah. Lucy. Um, so uh, so yeah. far, you spent about ten hours in it. You said, yeah. and you've only just done the Dubai mission. 
Yeah, I did all the challenges and stuff like that. It, it, okay. Like, as I said a few weeks ago, and probably ad nauseum on, on this podcast, they have um, ju- just these, you can go into like this uh, part of the menu and they have these challenges and it's like, yeah, yeah. okay, uh, kill both targets with one sniper bullet, um, kill, yeah. you know, the, the target in this way or that way. And it's like, it just adds more content to it. And it's like, it, it Hitman is ostensibly a puzzle game and you're figuring mm-hmm. out how to mm-hmm. you know position the targets in this manner and you know manipulate the system this way and you know get the right loop and etc to make those things possible and it's just it's just fun sandbox to mess around yes. in and those games are good yeah um, yeah and that's just, that's exactly you know I, it's why you play them it's why I play them uh, it's just a fun what? Why I keep meaning to play them? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know if you like it though, Adil. That's the thing. So really, what yeah. There's this. The thing with Hitman is that yes, it is a sandbox, and you can sort of like push the boundary slightly. But if you try and push them too much, they'll just you know just whiplash on you, and everything will break down. And mm. I think the fun in that is adapting to those really stupid scenarios or or if the ai gets out of loop and it just stands there or something it's just like (laughs) you know it it, it, sometimes it feels like it's it's you know stitched together with duct tape and just you know sometimes just blowing on it everything the house of cards will just fall apart i i'm not sure if you'll like have you have you had any ridiculous moments yet um Mm, not now. I mean, the first Hitman was very. Oh, really? You know, the, mm. the, the AI stopped looping. The AI just stuck in this animation and stuff like that. Once you played enough of it, you know how to like sort of, you know, push it along a bit. But uh, if you're going for like, um, not saying a deal, you'd do this. Um, but if you're going for like, you know, suit only sign assassin and you just want the perfect run, there's so many things that can fall apart. Because there's so many moving parts and you know different systems, that that can be frustrating. But as I say, the fun of Hitman is like adapting on the fly. Mm. Um, I mean, that sounds like my cup of tea. Are you worried? That yeah, I, I know you're a very systems person, but I'm just thinking like it. It seems like it. It, it as I said, like everything can just go, boof, through no fault of your own, not through you trying to manipulate uh, the system and seeing how far you can push it, but just from a technical standpoint, right? Um, I mean, a lot of... I mean, there's people who are, you know, more casual players of the game, and it's like they they turn on, like, the mission stories and stuff like that, which is basically guidance for um, for you to, like, kill these targets. I go in... Um, that's, right. an, that's another different... Yeah, I go in by... There's another um, difference in Hitman 3. It's where it's like... The first, um, the first, the first level as you're going in, the guy in your is like saying, "Oh, we need a floor plan to see the map," and it's like you'd have no map until you find the floor plan. Okay. Like the I was just oh, like, like "What is this? I don't oh. use a map anyway. Well, yeah, I just okay. map ah. all the hood." You know, yeah. I was like, "Oh, please!" And it was just like, you know, the the the, the floor plan was right there on like a computer, like you know. As oh, you like walk a, through the atrium, or just email yeah. it over to like you, you are here, and it's just like I'm good. Um, 
So did, yeah, you, did you? I don't go, like when when games withhold but don't make it like yeah worthy. Yeah, make it work for me. And but, but I think that's the thing with Hitman, isn't it? There's lots of suggestions, but you never have to actually do anything. And yeah. It, does it? I suppose it doesn't make you. Doesn't make you go and take a photo of that map. You never have to do that moment. Hopefully. No, you can do things however you please. Mm. So it does give you that freedom. But but yeah, but like I just turn off everything on the HUD, and that's the way to play. It. Like I make notes. I've got a little notepad here. It's nice. like okay, all the wrenches and stuff like that. It's like you adventure game it. Yes. I see what you mean now. You're right. Like mm -hmm. I like breaking games, but in that sort of mm -hmm. like, this bug repeatable way, and you're saying it's a little more volatile than yeah, maybe yeah. that would be. Yeah. yeah. And I think you're someone who could get a lot out of it, but I think that can also be frustrating. Like mm. you have to go in knowing that you're going to have to, uh, like, it's, it's sort of like Red Dead 2, but. But not nearly as frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> like Red Dead Two was very guided in the fact that it's like in the story missions, if you like, you know, just turn your horse around, you know, Dutch is going to be like, "Where are you going, Arthur?" And mm. it's like game over. And just like, yeah, really. <laughs> it's it, it's, I, I, it's sort I, of got like like facade of freedom. Mm. Um, but it, Hitman's much more free than that. But it's it's sort of got that kind of. You push it a little bit too much it's gonna like push back on you and break stuff but as i say it gives you the tools to adapt to situations in that sense i mean that's what that last sentence you're saying is why it really intrigues me yeah. uh, like um what you were mentioning about red dead is that actually one of the reasons why i haven't gotten around to it is because mm -hmm. it's a big world with it's one of those things where we lament open world games for not having enough story and this is like an amazing story in an open world, but also there's always that tension between sandbox and narrative and linear. We, we just don't haven't figured out how to design because it'd be, you know, it'd be really hard. Like the branching paths needed yeah. for yeah. Uh, a sandbox with an, with an engaging story where the story doesn't have to be like huge, big arcs, but like fallout of what you were doing mm. at a character by character level like i would if it was like a if we had like a sandbox uh, or an open world sandbox game where individual npcs were there and they remembered things then even yeah. if it was like i saw you buy beans on toast at that cafe last week right before you shot seven people in the face. I'd be like, whoa, what a cool game. Yeah. I'm being on toast. Also, I swear it was eight. Fucking janky game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah in, in Red Dead 2 specifically, I remember there was like some boy trapped underneath like the basement of some gun shop or something. Oh, yes. You had to go rescue him. Yep. But it's like I did something like out of order or just not in the way the game wanted to. And breaking. it's like I say I saved him, but he had nothing to say after that. He was just stood there, like still in the shop, like still. Yeah. Like, I freed you. Go fly, <laughs> run, flower. be free, and just run. Like, yes, and he was I, just stood there at the basement. Yeah, just like a couple times when I was playing the medium last week, I definitely mm -hmm. was like, ah, oh, I went exploring when it wanted me to do a thing that made me that told me to explore, and it was like you are talking out of order. Luckily, the sequence break was just like muddy dialogue mm. not like actual gameplay but it's like oh you 
didn't you were saying this because I haven't been there and yeah. it, it, it's really frustrating in this day and age to see like simple sequences on a game where it's like you you gave me this hallway all the things yeah. have to assume that I'm doing them in any order I want uh, how are you this like yeah yeah but, but the good thing about Hitman is like the, 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 it's not a persistent game it's like the levels you you can reload and it's like mm. you save scum Hitman you know like most Yes, uh, absolutely. You know, like stealth action games, you just save scum and just reload. And I remember when the load times were very slow on Hitman One, but like they're a lot faster on this one. It's like I can't even imagine how quick it would be on like you know next gen SSD yeah. or you know on a PC or something. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's Hitman Three. I I will stop talking about it now because I'll be returning to it on this podcast. Uh, so yeah. Um, I love those games. Yeah, I mean they're, they're, they're I, I fantastic. Have I, I'm gonna install it and try mm -hmm. Hitman One levels on two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, seems so. Actually, here's a question: Given that you don't really care about the narrative, do you still think like the groups grouping is the level levels? Like, say someone just bought Hitman Three, never had one or two, they have access to all three levels on the Hitman Three engine. Yeah, um, can, can you could just pick which game to play, yeah. right? Yeah. Would you would you recommend someone start in the order of one, two, three, or does it matter at all? It 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 really doesn't matter because they're they're all so self-contained. Um, it's not like you're learning new mechanics each. Mm. But in fact, in a sense, going from because I've played Hitman one through three in that order, uh, I have noticed that it's like okay. Um, you've introduced like this new mechanic here, and um, it, it's like it, it was um, like unique to that game. But mm. since all the levels are in, you know, Hitman Three. Hit Free, I imagine, even though it's not exactly the same, like a lot of those mechanics, like for example, mirrors, um, that'll be this, you know, that'll be reflected in, pardon the pun, in Hitman One because they introduce it in two and stuff like that so yeah you can it should go in any any order there's um there's certainly levels that i prefer i think hitman 2 I, I was like when i was playing it i was like okay some of these levels are really good like miami they they always start you know very strong and then mm. through throughout the middle they kind of dip in terms of like quality and mm, mm. you know fun and then they like peak right at the end yeah. but um the dlc uh levels in hitman 2 really just you know made it shoot up in my expectations because oh. they're really good the two two dlc levels oh i didn't have know there was a knives out level yet in hitman 3 that's the one that i've moved on to now that's the second level because that's, that's the one that i've heard a lot of interesting things about yeah. I, I literally just started it before we came okay. on here so i i don't really know anything i just need to kill some old lady in a mansion um, the only thing I will say is 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 there are it's a branching ending. There's multiple ways to finish. Oh, okay. yeah. um, I mean, so, so, which would be yeah. worth noting because you like doing the different things. Like, uh, I I bless you, thank you, but I see everything in these games. No, I just mean like like, <laughs> like remarkably different completion states. Oh, like, okay. Not just right. ways yeah. of killing the person, but like mm -hmm. different ways of finishing, which involves people living or dying and information flowing or not flowing okay yeah 
um yeah yeah, yeah. which sounds different that, right? from the other levels where it's more like where do you kill someone how do you kill some someone what are the things okay. that are involved mm. i'll take your word for it because I, I haven't played much of it so it'll be interesting to see nice. how um you know how big in scope that is so. yeah um just to round this segment up before we maybe crack another bit um does does this hitman <laughs> everyone chugs a little bit uh, does does hitman 3 or what you've played um uh, of hitman 3 you know keeping those feelings from those um those other two from the 2016 hitman and, and hitman 2 does it then make you uh in any way excited for the james bond 007 project that io interactive are working on not really just in the sense that it's like i've been playing james bond games for the last four years because that's what they are yeah it's james bond without hair (laughs) Uh, well but also without without i'm assuming without as much misogyny and Mm, less charisma yeah i mean if they can add a really cool story into it the only problem that i have is that how precious are they going to be about the ip because Mm. James Bond doesn't really kill people, does he? Or does is he Batman? He does, I don't know. Does, yeah, yeah. He kills people. Yeah. Well, that's fine then. But but he's not. I, I don't know. I don't know how far they're going to be. Like James Bond slits this guy's throat <laughs> or puts an axe in this guy's what? head. Mm. So James Bond like, doesn't do funny deaths. Like it seems like some of the some of the ways yeah. you kill people in Hitman. Like I remember I played Beta Hitman one or two. Maybe both, but like there was, there was a demo. Was, I think for both, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, and it, there was like rubber ducky or something. There was just some point yeah, that was very similar. I really liked it. I I put a banana on top of a skyscraper in Dubai, and um, as they were skydiving off it, they slipped on the banana. So. <laughs> yeah, so I've, so the little I've seen in the Dubai scene, I've seen multiple dumb ways of killing those guys. Yeah. Perfect. It is um, really. <laughs> I, th- I think they could still have that, still have like the mission story to be semi kind of serious. And, and, yeah, but like just have all the other, you know, extra stuff, uh, extra challenges just be absolutely ridiculous. And to be honest, to not be so self serious. I, like, I would have preferred oh. a Mission Impossible because yes. it, it, yeah. is, it, it is literally the, the, the cutscenes before, um, well, like the mission briefs rather, um, before before each level, it's taken right out of Mission Impossible. Mm. Like, okay, you got to go here. This is the target. You know, it, it just just the whole trimmings around that is, um, mi. But yeah, I I uh, you know more more from that studio. Like, uh, I, I'm glad this game is. You know, I I don't know how much. In fact, they recouped their development costs in like the first week, didn't they? Yeah, so yeah. it's obviously sold pretty well, and it it's did. like people are, you know, people are right. I see so many articles. It's like, oh, Hitman's really good. And it's like, no shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, they're like, oh, they'd be perfect for a James Bond game. It's like they've been making James Bond games for twenty years, and it's just like, <laughs> I'm glad you got there. I'm glad people are like, it don't. It doesn't matter how long they, it takes them. It's like I'm glad people can be excited about. It. You know stuff that I own making because mm. it's hairy for them at one point. So I mean, I, I've always loved the Hitman games. I really, I went back. 
Hitman hey Agent 47 is one of the few games I went back years later and, and rebeat. Mm. Uh, oh, okay. Um, it's not easy. It's a tough game. <laughs> Hitman 2 as well. Um, Hitman 2, but not Hitman 2. Yeah. yeah. Hitman Silent, 2 1. Silent Assassin. <laughs> 2 2. Hitman 2 uh, Silent Assassin. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, it does have it. Yeah. A, yeah. You're right, Ben. I, I, there are ways of differentiating. It's not like Need for Speed Most Wanted and Need for Speed Most Wanted. But yeah, and so one of the reasons why I avoided 2016 was like, I think I could get too wrapped up in the malarkey. Uh, but I encourage yeah, avoid. I'm not, not trying good. to finish that's a, a PhD. Sorry? That's not a bad thing. No, but at the time, I like. I mean, this is this is like the the peak. Adil struggling mm -hmm. with playing games because of PhD yeah. guilt. Yeah, um, was when that game came out, and so now it's, it's like, oh wait, I got from humble or someone Hitman Two, which gives me Hitman One, so I could actually like start them, and then if I really like them, I can flip to three. And oh, does it? Is there any notion of progression that's needed to carry over from a save file, uh, or does it really? You, you don't need to, but it is good just um, syncing all your saves because it basically carries over um, your unlock. So when you finish a level and, and you get, you know, XP and stuff, you, you, you unlock things that you can take into the level. So, like, cool. You know, most of the time it's like what you need is in the level, then they're not getting anything off by, like, you need to do this to be able to. Yeah, you don't need to grind level one to really be able yeah. to level four kind of thing. Yeah. But it's always nice just starting with a, you know, um, clown suit in the middle of Dubai. I was so. waiting for you to say something. Dumb. I was like, that's so. This is why I want to play the game. And you can it unlocks different places as well, doesn't it? So you could you could be in that clown suit and mm -hmm. essentially start right in the middle of the uh, level next door to where the person is or something. You, you can't do that. You have to be in a specific. You can't. You have to be in like a specific like staff outfit, but. Uh, you, you can get up there with, you know, as as like in the Hok Hokkaido level in Hitman Two, it's like you can dress up as Kill Bill and mm. kill everyone with a katana. So, yeah. nice. you just want to dress up as a clown and throw fish at people. Don't you? Outfit or in a in a um, what did you say, Adil? You in oh, a like yellow biker outfit? Yeah, um, like the yell. Yeah, so the the bride from Kill Bill in her Bruce yes. Lee outfit. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, great games. Good. Um, you know, we all want to have. Yes. Mm. Uh, be... I'd, I'd love to see you try out those games. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, yeah I, I think it could go either way. I think you could, like, fall desperately in love with them, or you could be like, Why Yeah, I'm super curious I haven't actually thought about games breaking around me before I'm not in the way I'm pushing them. Mm. Yeah, which, as soon as you mentioned, I'm like, you are very perceptive, Lucy. That might drive me nuts. I don't know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, luckily, normally I just play like real, like some random jank on First Looks Tuesdays or whatever. I'm like, man, it's just breaking. Yeah. Um, but it's been a while since I've hit a game as such described. Um, yeah, and it depends what you take take from it and how much you get involved with it. I just remember like watching this guy, this YouTuber who, who who's very into Hitman. I still think he does his things like 
just watching some of his like tutorial video there and he like at the start of every video when hitman one was much buggier than the games are now he was like this game they need to sort it out they need to sort out these bugs how come this npc can like see me from beneath the map and just like oh yeah stuff like that still does happen it's just like it can be infuriating if you're running a youtube channel trying to get like the quickest runs and you have to restart like 20 times I will never stream or try and create content that requires me to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I've realized that a long time ago. Yeah. I, I will stream content that requires me to be present, and sometimes I won't even like it. <laughs> Yeah. Perfect. Good. This is a good place for us to open another beer, I think. Yeah, I need to rinse, but so don't start with me. Okay. Well, Lucy, how, how are you yeah. doing? Are you ready to uh, you ready to crack another beer open? It depends what Adil's grabbing next. Is he? Uh, what oh. is he going to grab next? Does he grab something of the purple variety? No. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> Subtle. Um. So you, we we do actually have a yeah. beer across hosts. Yeah, just one. And just one. it is a local to you beer from Arbor mm -hmm. at Bristol Brew Factory, and it's a double milk stout. Oh wow! Eight percent. <laughs> I yep. didn't know that. Sorry, I, like, I, th I thought it was like, you know, like four. I, I read Milk Stout and I was like, I didn't read the double for some reason. Yeah, I was just like, the, the double was the keyword. I, yeah. I thought it was like double the, you know, the breweries. breweries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, because like, uh, I have another double, let's say, a dipper over there. I was like, I'll save that one for last, the heavier one. It's like, no. The, the, do you want to do this now, deal, or do you want to do it after? <laughs> well, so the problem is, my, my third beer is an Imperial Stout. <laughs> we'll do this so, one. So <laughs> this is my middle beer? Yeah. I just went five, eight, ten and a half. Mm. That seems fair. That seems fair. Yeah. Uh, yes, this is an 8% uh, milk stout. Um, I'll read the flavor text. Brewed with our friends at Bristol Beer Factory, this full-fat big stout is a reworked double-up version of their legendary milk stout. Strong, sweet, and downright tasty. Um, it's got lactose in it. I can see that straight from the bat. Bristol Beer Factory's milk stout is very, very good. It is, yeah. I mean, that's that's what, like, immediately I was like, wait, a BBF Arbor collab? And then I was like, milk stout? Oh, it's mm. that? But, like, Arbor punching up their very good milk stout is a, such an interesting idea to me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's it, really. Though. I can only see lactose. That's all that's in it. Eight percent, four forty mil can. Um, in French, there's ogres. Not ogres. 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 Uh, like Shrek. Yeah, it's fine. I'm being dumb. Just ignore me, as always. Yeah, that's okay. fine. You crack it open. <laughs> get it. Get it. Get it open. Get it poured. Um, yes. I've yeah, got while, to decide. While you pour yours, I can tell you about my beer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that dumb joke had to be said. But seriously, Ben, what do you've got lined up for number um, two? Well, I've got two dippers, and they're both eight percent. Um, I'm just oh. trying to work out which one might. I mean, they're probably. 
Uh, so I've got one from North Brewing Company and then one from Overtone. And the Overtone is a West Coast IPA. So I might leave that one to last. Okay. Um, because... Is that your... That's not your first Overtone, is it? You've had one before. I've had one before, yeah. yeah. I've got yeah. another one in the fridge as well. Uh, that's only so I like that's only an IPA, time. I think. Um, but yeah, as it's a West Coast, I will I will leave that one to till last and just have this dipper uh, from North called Lines of Symmetry, um, which is again with North they don't give you much, do they? Uh, barley, oats, wheat, the hops of Galaxy and Hule Melon, and it's got some yeast in it. It's eight percent. That's all I've got. That's everything. Very pretty can as always. It is lovely, yeah. I mean, North just constantly attractive cans that you just want to grab. Right. The milk stout, the double milk stout. Has it been poured? Has it been opened? Are you ready? Yes, it is. I'm just taking a pretty I kind bit. of um, tried to flourish pour on camera and then... It was a little more exuberant in the head, mm -hmm. and uh, yes. landed on my trousers as a result. Oh, oh dear! Uh, not so two hundred fifty episodes in, still a noob. Hey, I mean, we can't it see. We, a lovely head, you know, though. we can't see below. It, it really does have a lovely head. Um, yeah. It also tasted lovely as I was trying to make it not store. <laughs> it's, it's like honeycombish. Ooh. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, so actually, I might be able to angle the camera down. Yeah, so you could see mm. the like dappling of the way it um, is the the head is receding. It's very much like bits, like big bubbles together. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot. Like, hey, I remember my camera pivots. <laughs> um, I got the coffee straight away. Just like hit yeah, me. like hit the back of my throat. Nice. So the nose is it's actually it's quite crisp on the on the back end of the nose. There's just this like mm. really like and now we're done. Um almost a cooling crispness. I don't know what that is. Very malty. Yeah, malty okay. like choco malty I want to say like mm -hmm. there's this notion of cacao. Mm. Um yeah, but and then, and then the like the lactose sweetness is on top of it. Is it almost like a bowl of Wheatos? No. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's good. Oh. <laughs> that velvety texture. Mm. And it's not too sweet. I was just about to say, it's sweet, mm -hmm. but not... It, it pairs it back like right at the end and it's... it just gives yeah. way to that more dark chocolate and nice. coffee. You say it's like, it's, so I think what it is is it's got like that lactose is, is making sure it's sweet all the way through, and then, like that doesn't change. Yeah. That sweetness in the in the initial taste, you're like, it's not that sweet. And like, oh, kind of is. And then you're like, oh, but no, it's actually just that sweet. And then yeah. it's just the other taste sort of wrapping around that sweetness. Mm. And so, at the end, you've got this, like you said, this dark chocolate. Almost all the coffee's gone by the finish. It is much more chocolatey yeah. than coffee. I'm still, I'm still getting a bit of. Yeah, more like dark chocolate bitterness rather than like there's a bit of actually I take that back now that it's been sitting for long enough. There's a bit of like roasted that's not quite chocolate. Mm -hmm. 
but in the yeah. primary finish is is much more yeah like a rich high cacao like mm -hmm. chocolate yes yeah that's that's a really good bit and he, it doesn't taste like eight percent at all it's like not in not in body again yeah not in body not in viscosity like yeah, yeah, to be honest, so, so this is this is like so the first beer I had was um the taste was giving it depth and thickness feeling, and then it wasn't until the taste went away, I'm like, oh actually this is quite thin. Mm. I feel like this is doing the exact opposite. Yeah. It's masking how thick it is because of its alcohol level. It's, it's making like the taste is doing things so that you don't notice that it's clinging. I mean I love Arbor anyway. I mean I was uh, you know, I have one of the, um, is it Cafe Creme or whatever? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the cream colour can is, and I was like, should I drink I that? bought one of those yeah. today, because like, I have had it before, yeah. but I wanted it again. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. But this is, this is, this is brilliant. Like, I actually, I, I think I'm, so I, I really like this beer, and now I kind of want to track down uh, another can of this, and uh, the just the regular BBF milk stout. Mm. Just to see what the collaboration did, because I, as you said, Ben, I'm uh, like, I know that that milk stout is very good, really like that milk stout, uh, and this is really good, and I, uh, I, just judging by like the depth of enjoyment in my memory, I think this is a better beer, You're but right. I couldn't <laughs> tell you why. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying because like this is, I'm being very effusive in a way that I don't recall. I was when I had the BBF milk soap before. It's, it's a good beer, but I feel like I'm being more, I'm more enamored off the top with this. Mm -hmm. But it could just be the day. I really want to know. I would love to AB, ABBF, <laughs> Arbor, Arbor Bristol Beer Factory, AB test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll just mute my mic for a few minutes. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but yeah, this is, it's, it's like the last stout that I had that was, on here was that um that beer from garage mm. and it was very 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 strong it was almost like a barley wine very treacly mm. very sweet very overpowering to, to be fair it was what like 11 percent or something like that or 13 or something oh really I yeah like there was like a deceptively strong beer right <laughs> yeah it was it was like motor oil whereas this is just very <laughs> full and it's full, but it's not too heavy, and it's, it, it, uh, you know, it, it just wears that name like double milk stout really well. It's like you're getting enough thinness, a bit of sweetness, but it's not, it's not, it still has that heft and that punch, but it's not under underwhelming. It's not overwhelming. It's just perfect. It's just nice. in between. It's a whelming Good. beer. It is very whelming. Excellent. Good. Mm -hmm. Uh, how is yours? I already for sorry. I have to confess, Ben. We've been chatting about this one that I totally forgot what you're having. <laughs> um, I have got a double IPA from North called Lines of Symmetry. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's a Dipper, mm -hmm. but I can't remember who's from. Um, it's, I mean, it, it's lovely. It looks very, very similar to the last beer in in color and in how sort of opaque it is. And at least in the last glass, there was nothing on the on the glass, so you could sort of see um, a little bit clearer. Um, it, the the nose is really light, like with mm. the last with the last beer it was very sort of soft, but with this one, it's really light. 
Um, not getting a huge amount from it, a little bit of tropical fruit, but not much more. But in the taste, it's very different from that light, fruity nose. So, hmm. It's, it's, it's definitely thicker than the last beer, expected, at 8%. But it's got this... This kind of sweetness to it, this unexpected sweetness to it. And it's almost, it's not quite like sherbet, but it's almost that um, uh, like candy kind of sweetness, which is really odd because it's got a little bit more of those tropical fruits going on in the background, but then it's got this dankness to it as well. This slightly stewy a little edge of pininess kind of dank finish to it so because it's got that little bit of sweetness in there as well they 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 work quite well but they're very very different and you can kind of be like well i've got this little bit of sweetness and that's really nice and then the, the that dank bigger flavor kicks in you're like oh this is it this is a big beer i can, I can get that from this sort of finish but I don't know what they've done to give this initial sort of... It's, it's not like an mm. artificial kind of sweetness, but it is a little mm. bit more of a, a candy kind of sweetness. And yeah. you know, they, they don't tell us... That's what I was going to ask. Is it like just full of like puree or... Not puree, but just like adjuncts and stuff? No, like I mean, North don't put a huge amount of info on the cans. No, they, no. they tell you what the allergens are, and then it just says it's Galaxy and Huel Melon. So it could be... Uh, that it's the it's the Huel melon which we don't get a huge amount of these days in in yeah. beers. You know, it's a it's a, a hop that we saw uh, maybe like a lot five or so years ago. People, people tend to have, have moved away from it, but maybe it's that. Maybe that's giving it just that little extra, which is um, which is unexpected. I suppose it's working with the galaxy mm-hmm. a little bit just to just to bump up that that sweetness in this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's enjoyable. It's absolutely enjoyable. It's a little more Moorish than the last beer as well, and it dries me out something chronic. Talking <laughs> dankness. Uh, it, it, it's, it, I want to reach back for this beer just to just to wet my mouth slightly, and to have that that little little bit of sweetness again in there. But yeah, cracking. Mm. I wonder whether it's. I say it's a tropical fruit. I wonder if it's a bit just a very, very light grapefruit. Yeah. Sorry. Given that it's a 250th episode, I have to call back to I think the first like 50 odd episodes where we realized that as soon as one of us said the word grapefruit, that's all we could taste. <laughs> yes. And so <laughs> although I think our tastes have, have matured and our tasting notes are, are a little more accurate. I, I still have residual from that moment that when <laughs> anyone says, like when we bring up grapefruit, I'm like, is it? Mm. I, I, I trust you, Ben. But part of my brain is just assuming that it's doing the grapefruit thing. Yep. Grapefruit and everything. Everything's grapefruit. It's, it, it's it a bitter sense. sense. It's, it's grapefruit. I mean, when you think about beer, it has a bitterness. When you, and so any sort of citrusy beer, the bitterness is going to lead you to grapefruit. So I totally mm. get how it, like, jumps to as soon as someone says grapefruit you're like yeah maybe that right mm, but i don't absolutely. think that's what you were doing but i i get why we did that i just also remember those those like a uh, bunch of episodes where we were like yes 
It was just a short. Uh, is it actually grapefruit? Yeah. Oh, I don't even know what grapefruit means. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a, there was the grapefruit summer, where, <laughs> oh, where, where every there. every every beer was grapefruit. Yeah, there actually was. Yeah. Um, uh, summer. 17, 18. No, when, when was the summer? That was the summer of sours, wasn't there? The summer of sours. So the summer of sours was twenty eighteen, I think, because twenty twenty didn't have a summer. Twenty nineteen was the summer where we bounced around to get like we went to Birmingham a couple times, etc. Mm -hmm. So it was either I. So oh wait, no, actually, twenty sixteen June is when I moved back from Halifax. Okay. And I think that was grapefruit. Right. So then. Um, sour was either seventeen or eighteen. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it, it's interesting how many breweries we see at the moment having their fifth, sixth kind of birthdays as well. You know, mm. uh, where the podcast is as old as some of these brewers that we very much enjoy their their beers, um, and to see kind of the way the industry has had these moments makes sense because you've got all of these young breweries not kind of chasing the trend but everyone's yeah. getting in similar kind of ingredients and and trying out similar styles and as the uh, as the sector or as craft beer has kind of grown into what it is now people have had to experiment and have had to to play and and you know work out what they were doing so we can see why trends have uh, have popped up between different <laughs> Uh, also, I think years the things, industry so. feeds itself in those ways, yeah, right? Yeah, like, so when you hear someone else is making a juice bomb and it's well received, you're like, I bet I could do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Also, if if the consumers are buying it, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. There's a bit of a drying bitterness to this beer. Yeah, I'm not really getting that at all. Like, really? Mm -hmm. Like near the finish, I'm just finding like. It's not drying like physically. It's just there's. I think it's maybe maybe just getting used to the bitterness. But like, there's just a moment of like, ha! I saw this happening um, <laughs> in a way that it wasn't before. So it might mm. it might just be my palate mid. Yeah, might be. Yeah, but anyway, that's just the thing I wanted to mention. Nice. Okay. Before we moved along. Yeah, let's let's move along. I, I I'd like to just quickly touch, if I may. On um, on a game I've returned to. Talking of years past, uh, I went back to one of my favorite games from 2019, which is Control, to oh, play that the game that, I am, the yeah, game that, that I'm you're having to talk about. That yeah. well. uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about like uh, I don't know Super Mario Three. I was literally going to say Super <laughs> Mario Three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. I have no way to play Super Mario Three apart from an emulator on the PC can be done but uh, yes. to be fair you don't tend to go back to old games you're no. very much yeah it, you um, are, you are a triple a leading edge boy yes <laughs> someone has to be <laughs> mate there's just too many games who's got time to play old games i mean um, i play more gay old games than new games the year on year so. <laughs> there you go yeah i'm looking forward to I'll a year where my like so for example control is probably going to be on my top list because i've spent a lot of time with it and it's <laughs> more than i did on any other game last year actually i think um but yeah so so this i mean we're several months away from a year end but i suspect it'll be another jumbly year because of mm. uh pushback schedules covid and also wanting nostalgia like 
as soon as like I jo was jokingly going to mention Super Mario Three, voice in my head said, "Hey Adele, why don't you just start a, a save of Super Mario and play that game?" <laughs> Yeah, you should like oh, yeah exactly it was like, months, oh, yeah. to be honest well, i do we i just were, run we through that about, game um, yeah to 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 the eighth world and i'm just like i can't do yeah. this again. i can't <laughs> find this this you've, you've hit your point again. like i'm done i've had my hit yeah I yeah i, I mean I, but that's I, the great thing house. about replaying an old game is you don't feel like you ha you can you don't have that sunk cost fallacy of oh, I'm not enjoying this. I I should finish it. Yes, you're like I've finished this before. Yeah, I'm yes. done with this. Cool. Next. Um, Although I am gonna go back and play Donkey Kong Country Free soon, so because that came to Switch Online. Nice. And I've been enjoying those the country games very much. Yeah, I do, we, we've had several conversations about those. I seem to remember so we enjoyed them. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, so control. You, so you, control. you came back to DLC? Yes, so um, it, it, Control was the free PlayStation Plus game, and it's the Control Ultimate Edition, which comes with the oh, the, yeah. the, the two DLC packs. Uh, the first... Which aren't on Game Pass? No, no idea. you'd have to buy them separately, I, I imagine. Oh, that's perfect for you then, Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I, I, it's something I've thought about purchasing previously, but mm -hmm. I'm very, like, I don't always go back. You know, DLC, if it comes within a certain period of time and the, the game is still in my memory and my in my head, I'm like, sure, I'll jump back into that. It's not been that long. Uh, Frozen Wilds from Horizon Zero Dawn just came that just too far for me. I didn't go back yeah. to that game. Um, I haven't it, it supposedly yeah. it's meant to be beautiful and I should have done uh, but I hadn't whereas Control being as we said yeah the free the free PS Plus game it seemed silly for me not to have a have a go um, and there's there's two DLCs right there's Foundation and there's Awe and Foundation is more Control it's, it's just more of what you have already played it's essentially a new area in the mm -hmm. foundations of the Is building, uh, um, and the uh, what's it called? The there other... are all those weird, mon like balls. Some of those weird balls, yeah. Some of those are around, yeah. Wait, is it? Yeah, is it in the? Is it in the area where the mold is? Where the what is? So there's that side oh. mission where you go down. You're you're in like. The foyer, and there's a secret elevator down, and then there's some missions with a scientist about oh. finding mold. No, it's below that. It's below that. Okay, it was yeah. the quarry area that I really didn't. Like. So it's oh, it's, it's similar. It's similar to the quarry sort of area, but um, only in. I mean, not even in aesthetic. Actually, it's it's well, basically it's a, it's it's another big sort of area where you are metroiding your way between things because you get different abilities different upgrades that allow you to progress in different ways and there's only two and really what it does is if you pick this one you go to a and b and then you get the next one and go to c and d whereas if you pick that second one you go to c and d first and then you go back to a and b when you get the other one um which is which is cool but it is just more of the, the same uh, it yeah. ramps it ramps up the difficulty a little bit but i think that might be because i haven't played this game for two years that i just 
getting back into it. You know, if I'd have played this straight after, I'd have rolled through it, I think. Uh, whereas going back a little bit cold to it, you know, made it that just a touch more difficult. But is, is it standalone or is it like. It's not not standalone. It is DLC, so you need the main game. No, no. So, so do you, did you start. Did you go back to a save um, file of control oh, that you yes. had finished the yes. game with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I it, say it, this it, because I have been playing control on Games Pass and am like two thirds, three quarters, four fifths of the way through. Mm -hmm. But that's standard edition. And now you're telling me there's more content, but I have for free because I still have PS Plus active, although I'm about to cancel it. Um, but then I would have to rebeat the game. I think so. I, I, yeah, I, I, I think so. when people do that with DLC, that's that's like one of the reasons why a lot of the time I don't go back to it. Mm, it's yeah. like just plop me down in that DLC. Just yeah. let me go from the menu. It's like I want to play this DLC thing. Just give me a loadout. I don't care what it is. Just let me play it. Don't make me go to this side of the building which i can't remember where it is especially with like a game like control the map's a bit confusing it's like just put me there give me a quick refresher it's like you know these are all the button prompts in like a just one combat mm. scenario at the start of the game it's just like, yeah yeah I, I, I don't feel they do the onboarding for dlc which is why it's always hard absolutely. to go back to it yes. like yeah. it, it is a time thing as you said ben but i think a lot of it is just like I don't know how to play this game anymore. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, not Hitman, which is uh, hardwired to my brain at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. I don't know how Control deals with um, sort of like the leveling of enemies and those sorts of things. So I don't know if if you could even if you bought it on the system that you're playing it on. I don't know if you have to have completed the game or if you could just go in and do that. You know, if you could just start mm. up Control on the right. PlayStation right. and just go and do the foundation straight off because it but scales enemies to your ability. It doesn't though, right? Or to because the, level. The, the enemies have numbers beside them and the numbers slowly increase as you get through the they, game. They do, but also Control does that thing where you've already done this area really early in the game and now we're going to throw in a load of enemies that are your level. Yeah, they're higher level. Yeah, but I'm just saying like if I started a new character i'm not gonna be able to fight anyone outside of that intro level like having just played through the first couple of acts like mm. the way it's structured is like one it gates you from being able to go to those other places but like you just don't have the abilities and the powerful enough weapon yeah. to kill level four people mm -hmm. uh when you're at the beginning of the game and level four is pretty easy to kill at my point in the game so yeah. if the dlc is like post-game content even if it didn't gate you off like mechanically mm -hmm. like or like 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 linearly like access if they didn't access gate you off it would like gameplay mechanically get you off because you would have to be like headshot 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 duck headshot like you would be playing a totally different game yeah and still yeah. probably losing because you would take forever to attrition out their health because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that's how they scale enemies at higher levels right which is close to my point about control, but let's finish your happy points about the <laughs> DLC. Cause we've kind of, kind of talked around DLC, but you haven't actually said what you think about it. Uh, well, so the foundation is is more of control, and it's fine. 
uh, if you want more control, that's a perfectly good uh, DLC to play. It, it does jump you all over the, the map and, and blocks things off based on the powers that you get, right? Or, which is the second DLC, which everyone was like, oh, it's called Or. It's a Remedy game. This is yep. going to be Alan Wake related. And it is Alan Wake related, which is yeah, it's brilliant. A but it's not... Have you played Alan Wake? Yes. Okay. But I've not played... Like American Nightmare or okay. the how many Alan Wakes are there? Three, two, three, or two. Anyway, or I played the original. Um, this this the first game in the DLC, right? The American Wasteland. There's nothing beyond that. What for the Control DLC? Oh. No, I mean like Alan oh. Wake. <laughs> right. There's only one yeah. Alan Wake yes. game in the DLC. The American because yeah, no, American Nightmare right. was a standalone. Thing. It's standalone, but it's, it's standalone DLC. Yeah. Right. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yes. But sure. there was an Alan Wake two, no? Or was no? Are you not thinking of Max Payne? <laughs> I mean, there's, 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 there's only several, one Alan Wake. Several Max. Yeah, you're, you are correct. Yeah, 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 you are right. Yeah. Um, I, I got confused. Uh, basically, I was like, I don't think there is one, and then. Um, Stupid Google was like, Alan Wake 2 is a result. And I was like, I must yeah. have forgotten the game. But it's the rumored game that is supposed to come after this game. Yeah. And Google was like, this exists. It's like, no, fuck you, it doesn't. So You'd think that the internet would have willed that into existence by now, but they oh, have. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. People um, love Alan Wake. So. The, the, good, the good thing about this or um, DLC is that it doesn't do... It, it, it stops it being kind of like a Metroidvania game. And it, and it very much sets you on a path. So you're like, hey, do this bit, and then go and do this bit, and then go and do this bit, and then that is the end. You have finished this thing. Uh, but it changes stuff up a little bit. So it plays with um, with light. And there's a lot of areas where uh, the, light, it, the lights aren't working, and you have to pick up a light source and go and burn out these areas of blackness to be able to kind of progress and stuff like this. And the main, uh, the main enemy, the main boss for this DLC lives in the darkness, right? So you go into areas and there's no light and it will suck away all of your energy. So you can yeah. only dash a couple of times because your energy's been taken out. You can't pick things up and throw them. And it turns it more into a, a set of puzzles where you then have to go around the area figuring out how you turn the lights back on. Mm -hmm. And it, it just made it that little bit different. I'm like, it, good, I liked Control. The base uh, is, is really good, and they've done something different with this, which is yeah. brilliant. But it then also it goes into, uh, into kind of Alan Wake, and um, he's chatting to his double and all of these kinds of things. And, and Jesse... Uh, the director yeah. is kind of seeing his story play out a little bit and he's actually there like typing away a new novel and like that's the uh, the object of power and, and all right. these sorts of things and how they tie in is really really clever right yeah, that's cool. so and so it, is it is it like is it parallel with Alan Wake 1? Like, are you, as Jesse, uh, seeing Alan Wake 1 happen? Or is it new Alan Wake content? It doesn't matter if this is... I don't know. I'm just curious. I don't know, actually. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I played Alan Wake, like, 
in 2019, and I can't remember. Did you? Oh, really? That game. God, when did yeah, Alan Wake come out? 2012? I think. 11, okay. 12? Or 10. It was, it was early, yeah, yeah, yeah. Early 2010s-ish. So, yeah, about 10 years ago or so. I mean, um, that's why I was asking that question, because I was like, I literally cannot. Mm. <laughs> I don't remember anything like that. I remember it was, it was reaching, but interesting. But it, it, it very much, it does set up like Alan Wake, Alan Wake 2, uh, or, or the next game, which would be an Alan Wake kind of game. So, um, and, and it, it does it kind of cleverly as well. And it's interesting that they're pulling those two franchises together. And it makes sense to have them in like a shared universe, absolutely. But it will then be interesting to see where they take the Alan Wake formula. You know, like with with IO Interactive and, and using Hitman as a base and then seeing what they do kind of with, with James Bond. It's going mm. to be interesting with what Remedy do with Alan Wake next. And Just make a Silent Hill game. I mean, I they, they could I absolutely do that. They could absolutely do that, right? Yeah, and I think Remedy are good at like combat, but mm. Alan Wake was never about that combat. So. No, it wasn't. Not at all. Not at all. So Remedy is good at combat, um, but they want to be storytellers. Yes, and that's gone either way, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I think it's such an interesting and strong studio. Is because like their raw talent isn't what they're trying to excel at, but that doesn't mean they won't excel at what their raw talent is. So it's like yeah, this the yeah. chase, which I think is really healthy for a developer. It's, they're never going to rest on their laurels. I mean, yeah. uh, Quantum Break is a perfect example of, I liked the combat all right in there, but it was very clearly like the Pretty bits good. of the combat I didn't like were because they kind of stopped. Con- like it was like, you could see them being like, yeah, but we really want this weird TV weird thing to go. So put more effort that way. So the only like few times the gameplay let me down, it really felt like it was like an underwhelming boss fight or like narrative fight. That, that like, boss was awful. Yeah, yeah uh, it wasn't that like the game itself sucked. It was like, oh, you just didn't put the resources there at this point in your development. Like mm. you can just feel it in this moment because the rest feels really tight and now it's loose. And also you're trying to do all these bonkers things and you're not succeeding. But I'd ra- much rather a, de- a studio do or a dev-, dev do that. Be yeah, like, uh, yeah. have faith in what their fundamentals that they're good at, but also uh, reach. I, th- I, th- I think Sam Lake's a good writer, though. So. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, as you say, I, I think, without sounding harsh, I think they do combat well and they do story well. They don't do either of them brilliantly. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's solidly. exactly how I feel about Control, is mm. I love the X-Files vibe. I love the world that they've sort of nodded at and built. But because of the nature of the beast, it's like the vagueness is, is part of it. The details kind of end up selling it short. Um, yep. And so it's like, oh, when you realize that, you're like, ah, oh, right, the world building isn't as strong as it seems. It's just they've built their weakness into a strength by making it like this sort of X-Files-y mystery thing. It's like, okay, well then you not explaining a thing is because it's confusing and vague and weird, and that's great because then you don't have to. But yeah. when you start to explain things, it doesn't... It's not quite as tight as I'd want it. It's yeah, not sure. bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you said, it's not quite as tight as I want it. Those those best files that you read are the ones that have redacted information. <laughs> oh, I actually really like that. I find it yeah, that's what I'm saying. every like... time because I sit there and be like, 
can I figure that out? I'm like, nah, it's probably some dude's name. It doesn't matter. But like, there's a moment where you're like, ooh, that's a verb. Does it matter what that <laughs> verb is? No, probably not. But it should, yes, um, it lets you fill in the blanks. Whereas like Quantum Break wanted to be this very uh, tight knit sci-fi thing, and it just got too convoluted in its own plot, like a Kojima yeah. game or something like that. And it's just like, yeah, Control gives it that space, space to breathe. Yeah, I think in the blanks. Yeah, not only is filling the blanks important, but also from a narrative standpoint, you want your reader, listener, observer, whatever you want to call them. Um, to be participatory, so it's really important you give them the space to fill in some blanks. And yeah. I think control kind of pendulums a little too far the other way, which is why I think it's a little loose in places, but I'd much rather that than Quantum Break, where they were trying to jam all the information at you to the so point where you had there, these, yeah. like... like Me had a whole 30-minute episode of show. <laughs> you also played through a lot of plot-heavy exposition. Mm. Yes. And like I think I like the I actually really like the idea of the show and I liked watching the show but then it was when I when I stopped the game it was like a mildly difficult fight that was like a bit of a difficulty spike and I was and it in right before it was some some bullshit narrative thing and I'm like <laughs> I enjoyed the TV show just to see how many ways they could cram in like Windows phones into <laughs> into the cutscenes. Uh, that's very good. Um, <laughs> that's so what I remember most. I, I have my own. Oh, sorry, there's a cat yelling at my door. I'm trying to figure out if I should open it. Uh, I have no, my own. Because I'm going to go use the toilet. And sure, I wanna okay. Well, well, I, well, ben, I don't ben. want to move on from Control because it's one of the games I want to talk about for yeah. a different reason, Ben. So. Okay. Well, but I'm going to open the door for the cat. Yeah. Vent Bam. And mark the episode or Vent whatever. Vent Bam. Bam Ben. Yes. For those of you listening, I'm very much enjoying Control and the DLC. It's worth going back to. If you like control if you enjoy the gameplay and you like what you've experienced with it i'm not sure i would start control just for the dlc the alan wake Mm, the alan wake dlc which is called altered world events or is very fun and it's a different take on control but you've got to get through a lot of control to get to that point so Good to go back to if you've played it. You singing a song? No, I was I was just letting the listener know my final thoughts on uh, on on playing Control, going back to it. Uh, so, so the cat just wanted me out of the room. Oh, I see. So I opened the door, and then he just yelled at me, and then literally did the head nod that way. Mm. <laughs> while yowling and yeah. I was like no I'm not Come and on, so yeah. like I took a step toward like I opened the door fully I'm like what do you want and then he immediately like turned around and went away I'm like I'm not coming with you mm-hmm. <laughs> right the Adam, your, your, your comments on control because you've obviously got a different yeah. so I'm not done the game mm-hmm. uh, I was on pace where given the time I was spending I thought it'd be done by this week mm-hmm. right. I took a break mostly because so one of the things I like about the game is there's like I like exploring I like finding those files I like seeing those redacted things painting out this weird world in a ways that don't matter to Jesse right but they matter to my understanding of the world 
learning about the difference between uh, power objects and weird objects. I can't remember the labels. You know, like objects of power are what the director can tame and get powers. And then there's these other things that you have to just diffuse so they don't kill people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, but and there's like some Metrovania moments where like, I I have like there's one thing I unlocked and it's like it took me to a new place that had one of those like a control point so I could now tell like teleport to there anytime I want. But then there's this vast gap before I could get across to do the thing, mm. and I hadn't unlocked levitate yet. So I killed myself several times trying to jump dash across and never quite making it. Which I'm fine. So I got levitate. I'm like, I know exactly where I'm going first, right? And I went there, and this boss battle was, it was rough. I died a couple times, but it was like, oh, it's fine. Um, but other parts of this game, the difficulty spike is really harsh, mm. yeah. especially on side missions that you can easily find lit. Like I don't know if it's like. I'm just bad at this game for like so, so so some games have side missions that are like post game or like you, you you're not supposed to just when you find them finish them you like these are like get good bonus type things mm -hmm. and with this game because it's a little non-linear it's super unclear whether it's like Absolutely. am I just garbage uh or uh, or is it like I I'm or is there a pattern I'm not seeing or is it like like I said, getting did I get here kind of by accident too soon? Because really, I wanted some other power I didn't know about to do. Uh, so in the mold level, like that I mentioned, that was like in the basement there. Mm. I haven't gone back, but I mentioned not like after last week's episode, but on chat I think like just like this is or maybe it was last week, but it's just like this is brutal. I, yes, I'm 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 getting it to like a third or a quarter health dead, and then I'm destroyed. And a lot of it is because you get hit once and you're down to almost no health. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that fight made me realize what I don't like about this game, which is it wants you to be constantly moving. It doesn't quite want to be a cover shooter because some things just hit you out of cover. Yes. But it really, the first act of the game gives you warm, fuzzy feels about using cover. And then it stops working. And that's really <laughs> frustrating because I've learned the game wrong in a way that I did really well at. Mm. And now that just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, and like I said, so these difficulty spike, spikes were, were aggravating once I realized it was like, oh, I've gotten to this this far in the game. Like, I took, I have zero health upgrades because for most of the game, I didn't need health. Or if I did, I had the bonus health from dropped pellets. But then there's some fights where, like, the only way to get the headway is to, like, really kill things from far away before they yeah. get to But that yeah. means I'm not getting any regen off of their death because all the juicy health pellets are out of my reach. And one guy throws a thing or I get hit by a couple bullets and I'm just done. And it's like, I don't know how to progress in the way that I was playing this game, which has yeah. worked thus far successfully. Have you got the thing where you can create a barrier the shield yeah so i know i'm not using the shield enough i i know this is a fact because i never, I never use, use it i never use the shield i never. fucking hate it I, I find it i the reason why i'm not saying that i agree it's very much a design issue with the game and it's not you i was just wondering if you had that yeah because so help. i so i have 
I have launch almost all the way. You know, I've I think launch fully done except for the very last extra thing where it's like three things. I and then I have um, C's almost all the way, and I have uh, and I've unlocked you know dash levitate um, shield ground pound which I forget exists because mm. so one of the things I've realized is. But I could levitate more, and maybe that would help me not getting hit. But to me, because the game, like so much of the game, has trained me for cover, the idea of just jumping in the air yeah. to shoot people seems really dumb. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like levitate. Like I use levitate as access. I don't use it as combat ability. And maybe if it wants me to do that again, the but way the yeah. game has been has trained me not to think of that as an option. And yeah. I think that's what the, that's the, where I'm at frustration-wise is I, 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 was, I felt like, ah, this game is it's fine. I'm doing good. Like, I die every so often. Usually it's on these weird boss fights before I learn a pattern. I'm doing fine. And then I hit this, and then I hit, like, side mission, no, you're fucked. Other side mission, no, you're fucked. And now plot mission, kind of fucked. And it was like, and all of them are trading on the same... <laughs> Like, the way you're playing isn't the way we want because it happens to be that this is one of the few plot missions where you have to run and gun and dodge because if you are trying to do the cover thing, you can kill people, but you won't be able to pick any health up, which means the fact that you've never upgraded health at all means that when you try and run and gun, it's like, I got hit once, I'm yes, half dead. dead. Yeah. Well, I, and by half dead, I mean literally almost all the way dead i say half dead because the game right now feels like two hit kills it's the one mm -hmm. hit that it's yeah, a sliver, and then the other hit that kills you and that's really frustrating because i could have prioritized copious amounts of health um if i thought the game required it and like a full third of the game did not require it yeah. and that is the third of the game where i did the most leveling yeah that, that um, yeah, that was one of my massive issues with the game. That like those difficulty spikes, and yeah, you're you're so right. I, I may not have said it, but you just like like when we spoke about it initially. But yes, you've you've hit the nail on the head. Why the combat didn't work for me as well as I think it could have in that game. Because yeah, it's like you can't go out in the open because you'll just get killed instantly. But it gives Annihilate. you all these tools to be this. You know, psycho Jean Grey woman mm. like throwing, hurling things at you out in the open. It's like it's sort of like like Wolfenstein Two, which I absolutely adore the narrative of, but I thought it was a downgrading gameplay yeah. from the first game because I think they went, they, I think they looked at Doom in 2016 and was like, well, maybe we should like take some some yeah. of the combat from it, but it's like. No, because you do get hit two hits and you're down in Wolfenstein, and the stealth was never that the, great in those yeah, games. Absolutely. And it, it, sometimes it's like you wanted you to be stealthy and take out all the, you know, commanders and. But what was that? What was that level? Wanted you to keep moving and run and gun, and it was just trapped in between those yeah. two design philosophies. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, controls the same way. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And it's really sad because I was like. 
so enamored with it. Like I got mm. why you both really liked it. And then it was like, and I was playing it like to the point where it's like, look, I'm unemployed. I need to be applying to jobs. I, I quote unquote need to be writing papers. But there was a couple of days where it was just like, I could wake up and play control instead. And then now it's like, I am invested in the plot. Um, I like the gameplay, but I'm at a position in the game that has discouraged me from going back because all like the side missions I happen to know about and the main mission I happen to know about are ones that I hit a wall with. And I, yeah. I, I suspect it's like two or three tries and I'll, I'll get past the ball, but it's, all of those like so it's like oh cool i found a way no oh cool i found a way no and then oh i need to do this to progress no <laughs> and all of those no's being around me apparently playing the game wrong is what the you're game you're not playing the, me. you're not playing the game wrong it's like no no i know but i'm just saying like, that's the, game, the game seems to be telling though. me right because this yeah. is also um very important for for listener if you haven't played the game there's no difficulty adjusting in this game no. there's this game yeah. and so like it's not that i'm like playing it on hard and i should just suck it up and realize i'm not a hard player of this game i'm hitting a point where it's like i am playing the game the way i can only play the game mm -hmm. and i don't want to grind a boss or two in this way because like the, the mold one was i think is the best example it's like i got the best i did was like it, i got it to a quarter health and I think I could probably do better because that run, that run at that boss, honestly, was I got hit within like the first ten seconds and was almost half dead already. Yeah. Um, but it it also turned out to be, if you don't have levitate, it's really hard to dodge its attacks. Which you yeah, you one needed one you levitate. needed levitate. The 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 three headed like uh, Hydra type beast. Is it the one with thing. the eyes? Eyes. Or I um or I'm a, so so it's I, it's the I one you, you do with it, it's a side mission with the scientist who's in the basement that you find underneath. You have to collect all the mold research. for it. I think I did that. I just can't remember the boss. Yeah. I just remember one boss infuriated the hell out of me. I, I think it's I think the it's floor a... fell from underneath you. Yet you were meant to be looking at, at this big eye. Mm. Like, oh, it's a different thing. I think. Yeah. Awful. Um, like I, so I, I like looked up a guide and it was just like do these things. It's like, yep. Uh, one of those things I didn't explicitly try and do, but it was kind of implicitly doing. I guess just don't die. And then yes. and then I like went on a YouTube tutorial and the tutorial was like you should change your loadout to be. A bunch of health and like fling or whatever, and yeah. I was like, uh, I see what this. Yeah, okay. What you've told me is, fuck this fight. Yeah, I, I think part but, of like, control. This is a, so every did, path yeah. in this game, I'll just finish this up. Uh, where I found uh something new, I followed it and managed to like not first try. Like I'm, but like I followed it. I've beat the I've beat the boss. I got the new thing. I diffuse the thing. Every point in the game up until that fight, I could bumble my way through with the abilities I had and my ability with the game. And this is just like a hard wall where it's like, I feel like I'm doing the most control to control. And it's like, yeah, cool. You got it like 
two two thirds of its health or three quarters of its health gone. But you, you like it, it? You're not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna beat it this way. Like you, you yeah. just aren't. You have to do something else. And it's like uh... there were some encounters in that game where it was like, I'm walking away from this fight because it's just unfair. Yeah, like, it has nothing to do with me or my skill level. It's just like this is bullshit, and I'm not doing it. And it's like, nah. I know. Why? Why I wanted to bring this up is because I'm so frustrated because I really like this game and want to mm. finish this game. Yeah, and like so, I realized what I need to do is just focus on this one actual mainline plot fight that I struggled with. Because I'm pretty sure I gave up on it because I was just, I had hit these two other arc walls, and it was just like, oh, another one of these. Yeah, wait well, maybe get, I'll just alt F4. Just wait until Are you get, sure you like, might lose progress. I don't think this is real progress. <laughs> Fuck you. Like I was in that mindset because again, it, I was like sunk fallacy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I, exactly, like, I was just in this position of like. I hate. I'm not enjoying this. I haven't enjoyed this for 45 minutes because <laughs> I've tried three different things and they all like screwed me in weird ways. Why am I playing this game instead of if I was in a better place with the game? If if I hadn't been spiked, it would have been like, okay, so how do I actually tackle this fight, this integral plot fight? I mean, I have a suspicion yeah. my trouble with that fight is really simple. But my trouble with the other fights isn't because that's the way the spikes are in this yes. game, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't like that they are that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I don't and, want it to be easy, but I don't. I, I like. Yes, I, I think they're quite unfair, and some people, you know, Ben, you platinumed it. It's like some people get over those humps easier than others, and yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I think like it does upset me because it's like control is such a. I was really excited for that game, and it's mm. like that's on me. Um, you know, to be excited for it, not living up to my expectations, but it, it, it it's a shame to me because Control just seems like you know the packaging and the story. I don't think the story really pays off, but just the just mm-hmm. the whole ambience and the atmosphere. It seems like something that you can only really capture once. Yes, and I still have that kind of you know that for want of a better term that awe. You know, yeah. Um, that discovery the first time round, whereas something with you know, like control where it did have a few rough edges, I think could just be, you know, they could make an amazing sequel. But I don't know how much staying yeah. power that kind of atmosphere and curiosity would have game to game if you did the same thing again. Mm, absolutely, so yeah. It is. It's, it's. Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> like, there's so many good things about that game, but there's so many bad things about it as well. That that's true. Yeah, and uh, hopefully I mean, they can they can learn and iterate and yeah. improve. And and you know, Remedy aren't the studio that churn out game one sequel sequel mm-hmm. sequel. They will jump between different projects, different IP and stuff. And hopefully, Alan Wake is the next thing that they're going to bring out. It will be a very different experience. Then maybe it's something else, and then maybe we get a control too. You know, uh, eight or so years after the original, um, so they've had enough time to iterate and change things and play with the formula. Um, I, I mean, I can see them going to it a bit earlier than that, perhaps that we we get a control too, maybe. I mean, uh, for this, this generation of consoles, but because I mean, it won a lot of. I mean, get, yeah. yeah, it won a lot of awards. I mean, to be fair. 2019 was a bit of a slow year, so yeah. Any other year, it wouldn't have been. You'd say that, but then 2020 happened, and 2021 is going to happen. Like, 
No, but 2019 it, was like, a veritable font of games compared to <laughs> just in terms of like quality games, you know, that stood out. Like you, you could like 2020, a lot of games stood out. Mm-hmm. But 2019 was like, shall we just give it to Sekiro? Yeah, that's easy. Uh, From software, yeah. like those games. Good <laughs> it, it, 2019 was one of those years. It was 2014, but nowhere near as bad. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I think they've got. You know, they've they've got that pulling power yeah. from um, the name, and let's hope five oh five don't publish. I it. mean, <laughs> one thing I will say is, <laughs> um, I so from every all the reviews and things and like the big hooks people said, I expected the world to be more malleable than it is. Okay. Uh, it's actually just a static map that when mm. you finish Mission X, the map just goes, and now this door's open. Yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I thought it was going to, so like the way people sold it, I thought it was going to be like, boy, are you going to need that map because this is going to move here and yeah, there. Yeah, the whole idea of the shifting so house, the, the oldest house. Shit. Yeah, yeah. But actually, I don't use, I, I, I pulled a Lucy with this game. I rarely use the map. Mm. Not, not only because the world is static it just has like updates if, if that makes sense mm-hmm. um but also the map is shit and it just don't um it's a very bad map um but like except for when it's like oh find this one spot in the containment unit to do the thing in the main plot and you're like oh i haven't found that okay i'll open them up the map to see to look and be like okay there's like three question mark areas in this level and there are in these spots. Cool. I kind of think it's these spots, and then I'll look at it again. Uh, what I really would say is, on the flip side, is it's a very well designed game because so much of it can be done kind of fluidly. Like when you enter a new floor mm-hmm. and start exploring, there's enough spatial awareness and landmarking, despite mm, the premise yes. being that there shouldn't be. Which, again, really threw me off. As soon as I realized that it wasn't going to change on me, I'm like, oh, now I, I'm pretty sure I can go that way and find something else. And then, then I went that way and found something else. And it was like, oh, this game is actually really well designed and then claiming it's not, which <laughs> is so weird. But, like, yeah, I, I thought, uh, like, it's a good thing it is because, again, the map is shit. Mm. You can't, like, waypoint. You can't, like... I don't. I don't know if that's a, a, a good thing. That it's like it's damning praise, Lucy. It's damning praise. It's what no, I do. No, 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 I mean like I don't because when I think of control, I think oh, I just think of this labyrinthine mess. Mess. I think that's like kind of like what that oldest house is meant to be. <laughs> uh, but it's not. Like, I, I don't know. It's like I mean, it it, it, it is. I, I I can see from both points. It is but it isn't. So I, it, it is in terms of the idea that, that spaces don't flow very well, that you have yeah. to backtrack a lot, that you're kind of revisiting places but not and and, and skipping over things and, and all these sorts of things. Some weird but, hotel in the middle, yeah. Yeah, but it, yes, yes. Yeah. But also yeah, that, it was sold that, that in the way... That labyrinth, though. Yes, but it was also sold in the way that, you know, this the oldest house does shift and things change and all of but those the, elements... But all the time. It, it, it doesn't know from a gameplay point of view because that would be a 
technological nightmare, but I mean, I think I, I'm talking about thematically it, the way I view control is just like I, I was so lost in everything, and that just seems like thematically correct for what they're oh, okay. like. I think so, so I didn't get that. So, what okay. I got was it's like... not intentional on the side of the developers, obviously, because I didn't yeah. like the game that much, but so it was to the, its detriment in terms of my enjoyment, but just. Just in a weird way, I was just like, yeah, I, I it's just a mess to me. Mm. <laughs> right, Adam, last yeah. point, and we'll finish control yeah. chat here. Yeah, cool. Yeah. No, go for it. What's, what's your last point? Oh, I mean, I was just going to say that, like, <laughs> I was disappointed by the fact that it's not labyrinthine. Yeah, okay. It kept telling me it was, but like, that's why I was like, okay, I can skip it. Because as soon as, especially once you've cleared an area, it's the same. It's always going to be the same. It's like, yeah. You told me this this will not stay stay stable and it will move around, but actually, the areas where I don't need to go back. So if I'm confused when I go back, it's not a big deal. Yeah, you, you didn't change. Like mm. it's just like again one of these weird narrative frustrations where you they they, they make they they like put a hat on top of a hat on top of the idea that this is a flexible changing space we can't all keep track of. And then the entire game, it's a trackable space that all that happens is is like until you kill this person or, or you you know you you do this fight or you hit this plot point, this area will be blocked off. It's just a Metroidvania in the in the purest sense, mm. except it's some of its narrative and some of its access. Like some of it is, I need to fly over here to fight this boss, and I haven't don't have fly yet. Great. And some of it is like I hit this plot point and then. It rearranges the world, and now this this blocked door is unblocked. Mm. But all the other paths to this room are statically the same. So actually what it was, was Doom, where I found the red key. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's the same... I, I mean, it is the same gameplay mechanic, but with a really cool CG way of unlocking a door. And mm -hmm. I find that really frustrating when it's selling me on a really malleable space because which is part of the world building right like the world is being built upon hey this is really weird and you'll be lost and it's disorientating mm -hmm. and then it's yeah. like super structured and if i go to the executive suite i know exactly where i'm going from now until eternity like it's just it's frustrating because they made a point of telling me that i should i'm gonna have trouble this way or seek it out because it does this thing and neither of those are true. Yeah, and That's why when it was billed as a Metroidvania I was a bit disappointed because I was like oh. it has that sense of like isolation which I like but mm -hmm. I'd, love it. It. I'd love it if it was like Asylum. it rearranged yeah. but you needed certain powers to just get at places no matter the rearrangement. But it's so linear in that way that it's not really a Metroidvania it's like here's this extra part if you want to go to it but really it's just linear yeah. And I guess yeah. Metroidvanias are linear in that yes. sense. Um, well, so. Um, so that's yeah. our last word on control. That's control. Yeah. Yes. I, I have opened another beer. I have grabbed another beer, but not opened it. Okay. I, I feel that we're we're at a point where we, we're going, we're, we're 250 episodes in. We're going to have a little bit of an extended episode uh, tonight, but we've only got about 30 minutes, and I feel we're probably going to chat for a little bit about our beers and then talk at the end about the beers that we enjoyed so I feel Adam, maybe anything else that you wanted to talk about might get a little bit um, truncated this evening into about a five <laughs> minute right. section uh, but we'll, we'll chat about the, the, the beers that we're going to open now let, let, and we'll see yeah let's do our beers happens. I can just 
I don't have a lot to say about the, the other game I was going to talk about. Cool. Okay. Uh, and then my grievances have laid out clear. Um, I've opened a beer. I've already okay. started drinking it. I have yep. opened Overtones Can Ye West. Hey. Which is oh wow that is that is clear clear super clear clear is um, I mean not day but no a little bit sort of maple syrupy color a slight bronziness oh interesting so so on the camera it looks a little more yellow than maple okay. syrup is it is it more orangey for it you it is more orange it's more orangey for me absolutely it's got a bronzy uh, sort of orange. Uh, note the term to is more orange more orange uh, again makes sense a bronzy. Uh, mm. Can art as well, uh, but a West Coast IPA, eight percent. It lets me know that the hops are Citra, Columbus, Raku, and Simcoe. It's got Marisota, Caragold, Dextrin Malt, and White Wheat, and the yeast is California Ale. Uh, so far, I'm enjoying it. It's nice. it's got a nice malty nose to it, a, a, a lovely sort of like toffee note in that nose. And it's very like I wanted to use the word clean, but it's it's not quite clean. Is it crisp? It's no, it's not crisp. It's not okay. crisp. Um, it's 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 a, a big model of lots of different flavors. So there is that maltiness. There is a little bit of kind of this slight toffee note to it. Getting a little bit of fruitiness, but not a huge amount. It's like very, very malty beer, which is great. But I expected a bit more bitterness to it. There is some, there is absolutely some, but it's not very big. Little bitterness. A little bitterness, and it kind of sits in the background. So there's a very slight hint of fruit. But you're met much more, as I say, with this maltiness, with this slight toffee. There's a little bit of hmm, hard hard to pick that fruit out because the malty sort of base of this really pushes through, and it is the big sort of flavour that I'm getting. But it does it does peter a little bit into a bit of bitterness, but not very much. Interesting, interesting for a West Coast what they've. Um, put together for this. Uh, I'll come back to it towards the end of the episode. Uh, Lucy, what have you got next? Uh, beer from Boundary. Oh, nice. Um, it is an 8% beer. Mm-hmm. Lovely. The last 8% beer has got to my brain and bladder. So, I'm angry from not drinking for my month, but um, I'm up at eight percent. Uh, what's it called? It's called Private Functions. Um, it is a dipper dry hopped with twenty two grams per liter of Mosaic, Idaho Seven, and Amarillo. Mm. Uh, the artwork is by John Robinson Art dot com. Nice. always got this very. It's like it's like. <laughs> It's like when you walk into like a just a like a corporate building, and they always have this artwork where it's just like these, just like this paint, just yeah. these these brush strokes that look like a It's a little sand. grungy. It's, it's sort of arty grungy. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, reductive way of speaking about it, but yeah, it's just like 
I don't know what that is or what that signifies, but that's mm. nice. It's just a brush stroke, but it's very nice. Um, yeah, 8% 440 mil can. Yeah, well. What was it called? Crack it open. Nice. What was it called, Lucy? Private functions. Mm. Nice. Uh, Adol, what have you got? Oh, it's just like corporate. Oh, I beer. have yeah. this lovely verdant beer. It is. Don't fear the ferryman, and it's got this gorgeous fucking art. Like, look at this line, like line-drawn ferryman with this top hat. Is that like the ferryman in Hades? I assume so. Um, so, I mean, this isn't the ferryman from Hades. The top hat goes the other way. Uh, it is a ten point five percent imperial stout from nice. Burden Brewery. Uh, and it has the following flavor text. I am addicted to the darkness between worlds. Is it, it, that's it. Oh, oh perfect. Okay. <laughs> oh. Uh, yep. It says, oh, can we focus? Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, again. nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm addicted to the darkness between worlds. Ellipses. That's it. Don't fear the ferryman. Uh, it's a gorgeous cat. I've this this art sold me on it. Mm. To be honest, uh, it's simple. It's it's black and white. While it's mildly gray toned, uh, no, it's actually black and white. The tones are actually just from lines. From the lines. Um, nice. I don't uh, think I've ever had a stout from Verdant. five percent imperial stout. Sorry. Mm. I don't think I've ever had a stout from Verdant. I haven't either. So that's what. So it was like, what is this can? Oh, it's Verdant. Oh, it's an imperial stout. Mm. Need to try it out. Nice. Imperial try it out. Um, so uh, that's what this is. Um, cool. I've poured it, but Ben, why don't you tell us beer? Oh, I've 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 done mine. I thought you did. You taste it? <laughs> I, I, I tasted it. I've done it. I I poured it. I, I'd already been drinking it. Lucy. Yeah. I I forgot as well because I was like, I'm just gonna nip to the loo. I was like, no, I'm. <laughs> Lucy, what's your beer yeah. like? Oh dear. Uh, it's very. It's it's sort of. Yours in colour, like um, that very ambery orange kind mm. of look, but it's, it's much thicker. It's not, it's opaque again. Yes. Like the first beer. And the second. <laughs> um, multi, multi smell, a very, like blood orange as well. Okay. Ooh. Wasn't expecting you to say that. Mm. That's super interesting. Blood orangey, multi smell. Um,. Hmm. I mean, it tastes like a boundary beer. Okay. It's got it's, it's sort of got that like <clears throat> thick, slightly powdery kind of uh, taste to it. Hmm. Um, it's got a bit of sweetness to it. I mean, it is eight percent. So definitely, it's crazy. I'm getting more sweetness on this beer than the last one. Really? That was a double milk stout with lactose yeah. and yeah. Yeah, that is crazy. Do you think it's yeah. mm, definitely is it, is it, the is it just a dipper? I want any yes. other adjuncts with it, or um, I didn't see anything other than no. It's mm. just saying the um, hops mosaic. Definitely getting a lot of that mosaic. Idaho Seven and Amarillo. Okay. Um, it's nice. Don't get me wrong, I just think after the last beer, which is 
mean, it's gonna it's gonna be my winner. Spoilers, yeah. but um, <laughs> it, it's it's hard to it's hard to top that. This is this is a good bit. I like boundary beers. I've never had one that just like knocked my socks off. They just make very pleasant, not average, but just it's like very pleasant. I I don't immediately think. Oh yes, I you know need to go to the beer bottle shop and pick up a boundary beer. But it's yes, like yeah, I yeah. see one, I pick it up. I mm. know I'm going to enjoy it. Um, this is the same. Definitely more boozy, more alcoholic than the um, uh, than the than the milk stout. Getting a nice warming sensation after a, after a few seconds. It's thicker too, more more of a you know heavier body. It's it's got a nice bit of pininess, a nice bit of bitterness. It's well balanced. It's it, it's a good beer. It's typical boundary. There's not much there's not much to say about it to be honest. But it's it's just a really nice, pleasant, well made beer. Okay. No right. no complaints. I shall. It'll go very quickly. Um, yeah. it, it's it's actually got like a bit of a peppery oh. kind of taste to it as well. A bit spicy. Okay. Where what that's coming from, but yeah, I like it. Nice. Good. Good. Brilliant. Uh, Dill. Yeah. You so, real thick looking. Uh, strong. Look at that head just clinging to the glass. Mm. Uh, it poured basically like this. Like the head's been the same the very, entire time. Very velvety. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, um. It is, ooh. So that nose is like that lovely sickliness of mm. a stout with a stout nose. So it's actually quite light for a stout. Like I'm getting a bit of roasted something. Okay. But I can't tell what because it's actually quite a light nose. It's just it's coated in alcoholic sickly sweet, mm. um, which makes it really appealing to the nose given that it's like quite light like there's not a lot of nose going on mm. um ooh there's a tang there i can't quite place um okay so first off it's 10.5% i think i said yes um in the trend for today I would have pegged this for closer to eight. Uh, just not from the sweetness, but just because it's it's a little, it's not as so it's it's not as thick. It's still vel it mm. still coats the tongue, which mm -hmm. is why you know it's strong, uh, like it's alcoholic, but um, it's not that thick that you so you could easily mistake it for a lighter beer. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, There's something on that finish which like peaks up, which makes it feel lighter, and I can't quite place it. Okay. But it's got almost a. Oh, but then afterwards. Yeah, it's like, I think what it is is, there's a roasted character that's like, a finesse roast. It's just like, yeah, roasted all the way through, and it's mm. lasting throughout the whole taste curve, but it's not like. You know, some imperial stouts, some stouts are just like, yes, roasted malts, this is what I'm doing. This yeah. is like, 
I have a malt. It happens to be roasted. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, I re so that what the imperial stout side of it is doing is making sure that I don't need to have another sip to still revel in the taste and try and pick it apart because mm -hmm. it's so because it the taste is there in my mouth. It's clinging. Uh, I I can easily still taste all the bits and try and decipher them, even though I've had, as you can see, because of the long lacing, uh, two sips. Um, it's deceptive uh, in in this way because because again it, it kind of feels light. Yeah, I think it's because it's it's um. There's like a wiper and trueness of the nuance of the taste. If that makes sense, okay. uh, you know that's like inside, like inside Bristol baseball. But like, it's what it's doing is very specific and very well done. But it's not doing it very in your face. It's very, it's yeah. it's like a nuanced imperial stout where you couldn't mistake all the bits as imperial stout. When you look at them, you're like, but why is it understated? Mm. It's just doing it kind of in a relaxed fashion. Yeah, it doesn't need like, to be bold and out there it's just like doing things confidently with confidence yeah exactly and it's like i don't doubt this is 10.5 percent stout i i feel the like the richness that comes from an imperial stout versus another stout i feel all those things but none of them are like shouldering their way in mm -hmm. uh in a way that you're sort of used to with this strong a beer especially like so not only 10 percent, but also an imperial stout has a certain character you expect and it's doing that character in a different way which is like kind of subdued while not being weak yes um, oh yeah sorry yeah yeah good i'm glad you sorry i, I feel <laughs> like i'm being more um vague in my descriptions or more like narrative uh it, descriptors. it's basically it's doing everything that it should it just not screaming out to you it's not it's not like nothing is vying for so much attention like yeah so what a ton of vanilla so you can taste the vanilla or anything it's like mm, yeah mm. so what i will say is because that um several sips in now that i've gotten used to the main taste there is a bit of a sickly sweet sweet like core to it and i mm. think it's because normally with imperial stouts because they're doing everything more boisterously you don't notice how much sweetness the alcohol is giving and here because they're tr it's much more reserved there's this moment and I, I wonder like again I'm like I'm in between sips three and five yeah like four like three and five uh so I've gone past the initial like okay I'm now used to things now I'm at a point where I'm like oh but that sweetness is kind of like distracting I'm so curious by the end if it will have balanced out, but right now mm. I'm just mentioning this because it's like it's doing all these nuanced things, but there is a trade-off right at this particular point in me getting used mm -hmm. to this beer, which is there's a moment where you're like, "Yep, it's real. Yeah, that's alcoholic sweetness. That's that's what's going on right yeah. now. Oh, now all these other like interesting nuanced multi tastes are happening. Cool, I can I can move on, but I'm having that moment mm. every time I sip it." I, I think um, with with perhaps the fifteen twenty minutes we've got left to um, you know try and fit yeah, well, in we'll something else. Goes, yeah. I think your 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 thoughts about the end of the beer may have to come in a in a later tweet because I would imagine mean, it's going to sit for you know a good sort of thirty minutes with you or something. From from what you're saying, it's not something you're going to be 
drinking very quickly at all. Yeah, well, so. we'll, yeah, we'll see. Um, speaking of the end of the episode, I played mm. a game this week. Yes, you played several. Did I? Oh, yeah. So, uh, did you want to talk about the game we played together, or no. did you want me to say anything? Yeah. <laughs> no. I kind of figured. Yeah. Uh, I actually think that's good because the where we got... So, spoiler alert, Ben and I started Destiny 2, but we played mostly apart because mm-hmm. uh, that's the way the game is structured to begin with. So, I think until we can do like a raid together, it's not really worth talking about that game because that's the core mechanic. Yeah. Uh, but I played a game that was called Neoverse. So Neoverse. Yeah. yeah. So the re- so uh, first looks is my Tuesday stream. It's new games. This is actually a game that came out in February on Steam, but I think it came out on other platforms before. Anyway, it's a, it's a Game Pass game. Uh, it is. <clears throat> oh, this is anime. Uh, in... Anime ass it's anime. CG anime. It's... Yeah. <laughs> Neoverse is a beautiful, fantastic game consisting of adventures with thrilling challenges. It is a strategic action roguelite deck building game that will test the player's skill. Start an adventure with unique heroes to save the world along various timelines. <laughs> I love as you, as you as you describe the game or you read out the text of the game. As soon as you said deck building, Lucy's smile went. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she just sunk in uh, her chair slightly. <laughs> So, uh, if you don't see the the VODs, the stream, it's this is why it's worth checking it out for moments like that. Um, I didn't know what my face was that expressive. Oh, I'm you did. I was brilliant. just looking at the video as well. I was like, what is this? Um, <laughs> so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be brief because I know I'm cognizant we have not a lot of time. It's a deck building game uh, up my alley. It, it is remarkably similar to Monster Train in the sense of mm. it's roguelite where you are building your deck and every time you run through more cards are available to possibly unlock as you go uh my first run was about an hour and it was kind of shit i was not super happy yeah. um like it was okay but it was like nothing really interesting's going on one of the biggest problems i have with the game is it starts with this interminable like 7 minute cutscene that has no text or explanation it's just like it's just like uh, anime ass anime characters fighting tron ask anime characters and you're like am i is it always like vague people against tron we'll find out but maybe not like it, it's so it's it's actually kind of impressive how many minutes the game gets in yeah. without telling you a fucking thing that's graspable um and then and then and then it just drops you in and you're like i'm is this and like if you didn't read what's on the package you'd be like wait is this a roguelite i didn't know until like halfway through my first run whether it was really a roguelite because one of the things i do on first looks is not like research too much and the game told me fuck all um to the point where it wasn't until my second run that i realized that like at any point in a fight, you can visit the store and use your in-game currency, which is not like microtransaction. It's just like part of the loop to buy items and items, sorry, to buy things, cards or items, and they immediately go into your deck or you can use them, 
which means there's like an so first time I played it was kind of like ah, it seems kind of like a shittier version of Monster Train without nearly as interesting a world and a way worse introduction. Second time I played, I played a I think a more overpowered um, character and and build because it was like a vampire. So all the damage I did was healing, and one of the things I found really hard to do was manage like defense in my first run. Um, and so it was like, <laughs> oh, this is easier, but also also now I can learn more things. Uh, and the game opened up more because I realized I could interact with the systems mid-fight, not sort of between fights, etc. Mm. Uh, and that's the frustrating part of this game is um, it has no way... It takes no way of saying any of this to you. It, it literally doesn't indicate it. It just is a fact that... Um, I'm reading some of the reviews. I'm um, sorry, I was just reading some of the reviews, and it just—it's mostly oh. positive. And it's like, no, no, sorry, so I, I wanted to get my piece out, which is, it, yeah, sorry, it's, it's better than I thought it was because I dug deep. But also, what were the reviews saying besides? No, it seems like it's holding good company. Like a lot of people compare it to Slay the Spire and um, stuff like that, which is, you know. Very good. Uh, that's uh, interesting because, like, um, on Xbox, the Xbox app, um, which is what I got it on, because uh, I have Games Pass, um, it's got like a two point five out of five. It's got a shit don't, 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 rating. Don't, don't, don't read those. Um, don't, don't, don't take those. You know, grain of salt, because a lot of the people <laughs> reviewing games on that, it's like, oh, this, the, the launcher didn't launch and stuff <laughs> oh, so, so people complaining about Game Pass being Game Pass? Yeah, a lot of those reviews are just like, like if you go to like also... Call of Duty review on any of those systems, it's like, I had to download 100 gigs, it doesn't say anything about the quality of the game. But yes, um, just on the Steam ones, I just saw uh, a lot of it is Slay the Spire uh, related. Yeah, I, I just saw one that's just a picture of Shrek. <laughs> good thank game. Thank you. Okay, so that that's that, that's the elephant in the room is is Lucy's <laughs> screenshot uh, into our group chat, and it was just a Shrek that said, "Good game, donkey." It, while uh, Shrek is being like literally made an ASCII, and I was like, I don't know how to respond to this. I'm gonna keep <laughs> talking. And this one, stare that's at the camera, pretend that good game, donkey, isn't in my face. Um, but and there's one I that starts saying, don't be fooled by tits. <laughs> it's really a double A plus production Slay the Spire genre. So, so actually, I think, so one of the things I want to do, I might actually reinstall Monster Train because mm. uh, I really like that game, but thought, will I play it again? Uh, this game felt deeper than I thought. My second run was like an hour and 20 minutes, 10 minutes or something. I guess that's my biggest complaint is like my first one was almost an hour. It was like 52 minutes including like stream intro shit and I got two thirds of the way through and it was like I'm not having fun in these last fights. I'm just dying. Mm. Uh, right, Ben? You were you were around yeah, for yeah, that, yeah. right? Uh, and then when I got the vampire character, it was kind of the opposite. It was kind of like, I'm just 
gonna like and like, within like a third of it i'm like i'm pretty sure i'm gonna do a finished run and then i did a finished run because that character with that build was just like yep very open uh, which i feel like is a detriment to this type of game because mm -hmm. the point is the rng is gonna fuck you but the you shouldn't be like remarkably different like yes so slay the spire is a game that once you understand the mechanics and you pick a starting character you will get through the first third no problem even if the rng is crap because you understand the the meta game that's going around like well, how this character interacts what the possible things are going on this very much felt like it's like a i can't tell if it's just like if you play the vampire you're gonna win or you happen to luck out with some decent because like, like one of the cards i got was right off the top was spend two of your like resource and replace your hand with legendary cards and then of course because it's a deck building game all the cards you discard go into your deck when you redraw and it was like so did i just luck out because i got that early and then as soon as i play that like i will always play that card get cards i can't afford even if they don't really work in this circumstance they're gonna still probably be better than the shit cards in my deck and then i just ignore the sick shit cards in my deck until i get these ones again like and that's what like that coupled with the damage equals healing was just like how will i fail at this and then mm. i couldn't right Mm. Um, so I think there might be some interesting balance issues, but ultimately the biggest issue is it does not tell you what it's doing. It has no onboarding. And it, it it doesn't do any world building, but seems to want you to care. But then if you don't do world building, you have to tell me the mechanics or like non-organically. Like if I hadn't played enough of these sort of roguelite deck building games, I would have been real lost. And also I wouldn't have ever done well because one of the things I ch checked was like in the middle of a fight, I'm like, oh, can I? So in fights, you if you there's there's missions which are like, get through, like use this many cards this many times, or get through a fight without doing this. Uh, and so some of those you finish mid fight, and you're like, oh, can I cash it in because I could use that money to buy it in the store? No, missions, not done per battle, but using the store any time in the battle and it's like these things are things i shouldn't have to figure out because they're really inconsistent but also you like you should just tell me so like the game since seems to want you especially like at a certain point they're like one of the missions is like you start a thing and it's like an elite battle buy five cards and you're like well there's no way i can do this elite battle and buy five cards unless i could buy cards in the battle Oh, I guess I can buy cards in the battle. Thanks, game, for telling me I can buy. It would have been really helpful three fucking fights ago if I knew that I could just buy. Oh, like it's it's <laughs> totally one of those like figure it out yourself games, but I don't think it's designed well to tell mm. the player that that's what they're doing. Yeah. I, I'm not against fuck it, figure it out, but I'm against hey i'm playing a fuck it figure it out game not being a label right so that's yeah. that's basically it like i think there's yeah, yeah. a lot of interesting things that might be there but i think the average player will never do that because the game is not going to tell them hmm. yeah that, not tell them what to do but tell them that they can do other things yeah mm -hmm. i've just been skimming some reviews and you know really positive it seems like one of those yeah and again dive deep into yeah 
I, I just like, want to come this very, very nice review, but <laughs> if you want to say your piece, perhaps. Um, okay, I'll no, go for it. Uh, I expected bad gameplay because of boobs. I got great gameplay and boobs. And boobs. And out of 10, we'll play a game. That's uh, very wholesome. I saw, that, I saw that review from a mile away. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. perfect. <laughs> very nice. I mean, it sums it up very well. Anime yeah. can be good, apparently. Yet to experience that myself. But yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. My biggest complaint is is a thing that like people who play with games and are used to games will see past. Uh, but I think it's a bad thing. Mm. Yeah, mm. a lot of these people are just saying, "I played Slay the Spire. I want something else." So it'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah so the, then you're 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 mm, looking you're for that. more gameplay, and you're gonna click the thing. Yes. Be like, wait, I can click it now. Oh, cool. What does that mean for me to strategically do this? And it's like, the game should tell me that, like, like so. so the last thing I'm going to say is, I, Ben, correct me if I'm wrong. You were you should have watched me, but mm -hmm. like my first run through, I was really down on the game. I was yes. like, this is kind of stale yep. and garbage and not a good loop, etc. And then the second, like, I think the second loop, it, especially the last like third of it, it was like. Oh, I now get what you're trying to do. This is surprising. I kind of want to play more. And all of that was because I happened to start clicking places. Yes. In a game that at no point told me to click places. Absolutely. And so like if I'm if I'm in the sp headspace of wouldn't it be great if this was Slay the Spire? I'm going to be like how much of the Slay the Spire will this be and just madly click things to see if I can like do things. You're going to love this game because you're going to find the things they're hiding. Yeah. But it's bad design. Absolutely. Also, sorry, when you make a thing where it's like you click on a card and then you have to click on a person to use the card on the person. Mm -hmm. But when you click on a card, you have the mouse cursor and you have an arrow that builds off of the thing you've clicked saying, I am dragging this thing. Right. But the further away from the card you get, the further the mouse cursor and this arrow get, such that when you first click on the card, they are in line. Mm -hmm. But if I scroll across the screen, yes. then this arrow that grows out of the card will go a little bit, but then yeah. there'll be like a two-inch gap on my on my monitor before my mouse, and then my mouse cursor. If I want to drag a card onto a person and then arrow comes out of a card and terminates on that person and then I can't do anything because there's this gap between the hitbox of my mouse cursor and your animation of an arrow fuck yeah. you this is so preventable <laughs> I, I, I tried really hard to explain it but it's very obvious when you play the game and if you look at the VOD because it's just like click drag arrow mm -hmm. in the middle of torso click 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 nothing happens drag over now arrow that's coming from card is not touching this person at all but my mouse cursor is touching this person i, I can now yes. submit the card on that body because hitbox cares about me my mouse cursor but it's drawing an arrow for no fucking reason except to confuse me yeah that's very bad yeah that was bad yeah that really was yeah yeah that seems like a simple ui thing that should absolutely be absolutely early i think that was that was part of this this game that there's a lot of easily sort of fixable things um that they just haven't bothered with uh, it's who knows why 
seems like they've done a lot of work in other places. Yeah, abso oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It presents, it presents very, very well. It's a, there's a really good loop there from what I watched sort of out of playing. It's but... hidden unless you find it. It's yes. the big problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, this is not my kind of game, but I, I like how they've... Because Slay the Spire was just like very... <laughs> it looked like clip art. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> you know, without being harsh, because I think, you know, it, as you were saying, deal like, for newcomers, this might be a bit too dense, whereas Slay the Spire, like, I think it worked straight off the bat for me. I, I, I didn't stick with it because a lot of people said, like, yes, it's in in the meta game where everything, you know, and people spend like... All, all, the, all the juicy things happen in the meta game. Yeah. That, but so was, the thing is, this game is doing the same. The mm. yeah. But this, you know, I like how they've, you know, jazzed up the... Yeah. The, the, even though it's anime, it's still yeah. cool that they've jazzed up the, the you know... So, so I think that's the, like, that's the... Yeah. Say saving grace on the initial exposure, but also the damning uh, problem, which is they haven't knitted the oh cool into it. Like it's like ah oh, you've got an animated thing, but also it's literally just JRPG. Like like left side attacks moves forward, then stops. Then right side attacks moves forward, then stops. Uh, like it's just. And and one of the things you can do is like scroll the camera around because it's a 3D rendered space, but that doesn't mean anything. And also sometimes you like scroll the camera, but if you don't click on a person, it doesn't give you the UI doesn't fade back in. So you're like, I've scrolled the camera around. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, I see. I have to click one more time, and then it'll fade in, and then I know that I need to attack this person because my turn's not my part of the turn's not over. Like it's these little things where it's like. You've thought about making the world more dynamic, but haven't thought about how that dynamic nature will affect how I learn the gameplay. Mm -hmm. So, I, I guess it feels to me. My last thing, I know Ben. Excuse like I've, I've, we've been saying, we'll move on, and I haven't been. Um, it feels very much like a very polished early access moment. Yeah, but it's actually a released game. Yeah, like, mm. yeah. And, and by that I mean it's like. These are catchable problems that are like, okay, QA might not, not have realized that this might be shitty, but like, you need to give more in, in the very specific onboarding spots mm. that everyone skips when they are giving early access games because they're worried about the main core mechanics. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, so, so, so it, it feels early access uh, in the sense of you, you have to polish the front more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fair, fair, absolutely fair. Yeah, I, I, I agree from what I saw of, of your playthrough. Yeah. Before we move on to beers, I just want to make a quick aside. Mm. A game that I played. Oh. I'm not going to talk about it because I have no education to talk about this game. Ooh. But you know when you just play like a game that is like so like boring? <laughs> it's very... <laughs> It wasn't a, oh. <laughs> I was expecting some sort of like really effusive word. Uh, it's so calming. Mm -hmm. I, I played for a Game Pass quest, and I ended up playing it for a few hours. The Hunter colon Call of the Wild TM, where you just hunt deer and ducks in like New England. Right. I mean, it's that calming. actually sounds pretty great. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you want a really good hunting, I mean, this probably has very, you know, in, in, you know, deep mechanics that I just wasn't, I didn't care about. But I tracked a black bear for about forty-five minutes to kill it and skin it. Nice. Yeah. Fair. Uh, did you play this on PC or Xbox Game Pass? Xbox Game. Okay, so mm. I probably can. Yeah. Good. Let's move on and finish the episode out and very quickly talk about the beers that we have enjoyed this evening. Lucy, I'll come to you first. Do you have a, a clear pick for this evening? Yeah, I, I liked the Whiplash. It was, I like all their beers, to be honest. But, mm. um, yeah, it, it's going to the, uh, the Arbor and Bristol Beer Factory. Mm -hmm. um, the Boundary, also nice um it's probably my least favorite of the day just because it didn't do different. anything yeah it, yeah it didn't do anything um uh, different for boundary beers a lot of them yeah, i could uh, you you could line them up for me and i wouldn't be able to say that's that one that's that one they, they, they all taste very nice but much much the same for me but mm -hmm. um yeah it was the arbor beer like it's just a really cracking stout like and it, it you know it 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 towed the line between being too heavy and too light and just hitting it, it, it said what it, you know, it did, it did what it said on the tin it's a double milk stout so you expect the heftiness of a double but still that lightness and sweetness of of a milk stout, it just, yeah. It, yeah it just married the two incredibly well and Nice. That, that's definitely my favourite this Brilliant. week uh, Adol, how about you? Do, do you think similarly? yep yes uh, so uh I really like this. So what I will say is I really like this verdant, um, don't feel the ferryman uh, stout. I think it's really good. I think it masks its imperialness really well. Mm -hmm. But it, it honestly, like what Lucy said is just exactly what I was thinking, which is the uh, Bristol Beer Factory Arbor Double Milk Stout just does all the things it want it, you want it to do really well. And I and the key observation Lucy gave was like it toes that line it it's like hey i'm a double mm. only hearty guess what we all like heartier stouts yeah oh but i'm a milk stout i'm gonna be a little sweet <laughs> sweet it's great um and that's how i feel about it it's like um i haven't tasted the the original from the um yeah but i imagine it's sort of like on that line of like the um Tom Coco's from Brew York. Yeah, I think I think you're bang on with that. Yeah, gradations of it, and it's like they all carry that through line. Yeah, yeah. just um, it's a different taste. And yeah, you know. and so uh, again, I think it's it's one of those things where it's an eight percent that doesn't feel like an eight percent, but so in the sense of like I don't feel it being boozy, but it feels like an eight percent in the sense of I'm really sated by it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's it it's that towing the line. That it itself drew and it's towing it really well. Nice. Uh, and like, yeah. Uh, while the We Are All Stardust was a really great IPA, I think I started the episode being like, hey, I could have three rounds of this. It's mm. easy peasy. But it, it didn't do anything remarkably different. It's just like, it, this is an IPA I, that is sufficiently light and doesn't taste too light that I could have round after round. Yeah. Uh, and then the Don't Feed the Ferryman is like, this is a boozier um, Imperial Stout, but 
actually, I think it's a little too flat compared to the... Like, we've got the lactose in the double milk stout, but honestly, it just... It also had, like, a slight chocolate versus coffee. No, it was mostly chocolatey, but there was a, a bit of burnt coffee going mm. on. And it just gave that, that, that... There was just more taste going on besides yeah. just pure alcohol. The way, the way you described it, it was like... Uh, the ferryman was like... Subtle to the point where it's like maybe even overconfidence, where it's like the the double milk is just like true to what it is, and it's like look, we're gonna give you these flavors, and we're gonna make it taste nice. Yeah, exactly. Yes, perfect. Good. Good. Oh, um, yeah, must be in mirrors. Uh, I really hope that um, for don't fear the ferryman, Verdant were just in the in the brew house, and they had don't fear the reaper on, and suddenly yeah, yeah. this big foghorn went off somewhere. <laughs> Uh, in the middle of when the song was playing and that's how the name came up but uh, for me this evening I'm actually going to pick the Whiplash um, it was the lower exactly of the really uh, of the three beers um, it's only an IPA, it's an Idaho 7 IPA but it was very very well made, very soft a lot of flavour going on which presented itself very well, I think both the Overtone and the North are nice beers really good and, and good dippers what you would kind of expect, especially with the overtone being a West Coast, you know, it's 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 got that kind of uh, translucence uh, to the way that it looks. It's got a little bit of pininess, a little bit of bitterness, not too much. But the Whiplash was a beer that I would instantly grab again. It just so easy and just tasted really good. Um, so it kind of stands out this week for just being so well made. Uh, and and something I would instantly grab again as soon as I sort of saw it. Uh, so yeah, uh, an actual easy pick for me this week. Nice, I think. Good. Even though all the beers were great, definitely yeah. the Whiplash is the is the standout. So friends, if you want to chat to us about beers, all the video games that you've been playing, you can do so in lots of different ways. That tanked up cast almost everywhere. I'm at Nova underscore 47. Lucy is Juicy Lucy 9. Adel is at the Omniarch. You can go to outoflives.net. You can go to our YouTube page. You can go to our Twitch channel. There's stuff. There's things. Rate us and review us if you wish. That would be very, very like, helpful. Like, subscribe, rate, review. All of those bits. Exactly. And go to outoflives.net because that is our main home. And there's lots of other stuff for you to experience over there, including... Uh, VODs of all of the streams that we do, uh, podcast versions of the streams that we do and written articles and reviews as well. Lucy mm-hmm. Got any final words? Um, enjoy the numerical podcast because going forward we're going to uh, have Roman numerals like the oh, Super Bowl going shit. forward. So okay. You best uh, brush up on those. Good change. Good change. Adol, got any final words? <laughs> Um, drink, be merry, be distant. Sadly, oh, ooh, nice. Or don't be distant. Come and join our Discord. Chat to us. Talk to us about the games you're playing. Talk be to us about virtually the close, but socially virtually. distant. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> We're still here for you. If you need someone to talk to, we'll post a link we'll to the Discord. It's somewhere, you. and we'll chat to you. Absolutely, do those things. Uh, but they are the beers. They are the games that we've been playing this week. We have been tanked up for another week. Bye-bye. I see you for episode CLI. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I was gonna say ciao, but now I'm just laughing. But also, ciao. <laughs> www.outoflives.net